Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hello, everyone out there. This is another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a completely amazing just just show that shows you appreciation and the values of professional wrestling. And, um, you know, all those other podcasts, we just reign supreme. So forget all those other ones. Eat my cookies. God damn it, I couldn't throw that in. Anyways, to save me from this whole entire horrible opening... That I was trying to be crafty about, but I'm too tired. This is my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. I tried to <laughs> there, fucked up, man. I I thought I had it. I really did. When you when you said eat my cookies, it just reminded me of uh, was it Chanel West Coast? She has that song called Eat My Cookie, <laughs> and they did that whole video on Fantasy Factor. It's a whole thing, man. Uh, it's been a great week. I can't complain. I got a new guitar. It's been fun jamming on that stuff, watching a lot of wrestling. How you been, Dane? How's things been going on your end? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm enjoying life right now. Saturday, it's 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 crappier weather, but it's we got a nice little breeze outside. Uh, I got the window open, blown on my face. My kitty cat to the left of me, and three things of liquid in front of me between Mr. Ginger Ale that settles my stomach, uh, Mr. Monster that destroys my stomach but gives me energy, and then the best one, Mr. Water, the nutrient of life. Well, I mean, I'm a little disappointed in you because where the hell is your noon beer? No noon beers today. My head kind of hurts, actually. So, which we were speaking of uh, before this is uh, SmackDown. Good show. Um, you know, I gotta. I guess Friday nights. I gotta. I gotta keep it cool. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a elderly statesman. You know, can't remember stuff as well. Yeah, well, I guess me and you are in for a treat with this uh, new lineup they're rolling out where there is definitely wrestling every day of the week in, on TV. Well, let's go over that schedule, actually, because that's exactly what happened. Our, our first news story is talking about the wrestling schedule. So Impact moved, is going to be moving to Thursday. Uh, coincidentally, and I don't blame them, the same time period the NXT will be moving to Tuesdays. So now, in the scheme of things, we have Mondays. With, and you know, the secondary shows for AEW on YouTube, I definitely think that they have, they're, they're going to have their audience, obviously, but, um, so I'll include them, but I mean, the scheme of things, it's Raw, if you think about it, Monday Night Raw, NXT, I would say AEW, then Impact, then SmackDown, um, as your main ones, but Mondays, if you want to get crazy, you have, uh, AEW, what the hell are they calling that? Like uh, the one with the big show and and uh, Tony Schiavone? Is it like Unchained? It's some stupid fucking gimmick name that Vince would have came up in the uh, late '90s for a pay per view. But God, for some reason, I want to say Evolution, but that can't be the name of it. <laughs> it can't be called Evolution. We'll just call it AEW Dark with Tony Schiavone and Big Show. Uh, Monday Night Raw. That's Monday. Tuesday. We will have, like I said, NXT. Um, we'll also have NWA Power. 
on that one, uh, as well as uh, AEW Dark. And then Wednesday, obviously, AEW. NXT now not opposing it. We'll, we'll find out in the ratings how both of those show do now that they won't be scheduled back-to-back. Uh, Thursday, oh, I forgot, Wednesday also has MLW Fusion for you MLW fans that releases on YouTube on that day. Thursday, will, like I said, will be catered towards Impact Wrestling. Uh, it's crazy enough, they've actually done worse in the ratings with having more Kenny Omega on the show, proving that they did a terrible job going from one to the other when they, you know, try to do that whole storyline. But I digress. And then Friday, SmackDown. Saturday, I believe Ring of Honor comes out with their weekly show. And the weekends are just full of the pay-per-view. So, yes, literally, there might be a week. Oh, and I'm, I'm forgetting New Japan Strong, which, and you know, the U.S. version and the Japan-based uh, version. So there's a lot of wrestling, Chris. Uh, you can literally spend every day watching wrestling. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I'm sure I will catch myself checking stuff out from time to time. Yeah, I mean, we might need to have, like, a Facebook poll or a Twitter poll asking what listeners want to actually hear us talk about because there's going to be so much in one week. Uh, I know everyone was clamoring for the territories to show back up, but Jesus Christ, did they all have to show up at the same time (laughs) throughout the entire week? Oh, yeah, man, because, I mean, New Japan's already has had their staple over here. Uh, and I mean, all Japan is making the comeback right now and trying to build themselves. Uh, it seems like, you know, just the Japanese side, basically, uh, pro wrestling, Noah, uh, them putting the title on, uh, Keiji Muto was definitely trying to raise publicity for their organization started by the great Masawa, obviously, uh, dragon gates still around, obviously too. So they have their staples. New Japan comes over here, and we got Mexico with AAA and CMLL, both separate. CMLL, uh, obviously, uh, affiliated with Ring of Honor. And AAA is a, is a whore to all the other companies uh, working with. And we appreciate you for that, AAA. Working with AEW and Impact and MLW and a lot of the other organizations. Like I said, then there's, then there's the three smaller ones that have their fan base with MLW. I would say uh, Ring of Honor and Impact. And then the big boys, AEW, WWE, with their three separate shows and three separate rosters. So, God, if I forgot anything, I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of wrestling out there. So, yeah, get with it. And then the week before all this happens, we have nonstop WWE WrestleMania weekend. From the start of the week until the next Tuesday, when NXT premieres on Tuesday on USA. So, Chris, um, I need to start drinking more caffeine, I guess, taking notes and uh, trying to figure out just like a whole entire different life cycle, man. I don't know what to do. What about BTE? Where does that fit on the schedule? Being the elite? (laughs) Yeah, that's part of wrestling, right? Isn't that what they factor into every story? I'm just kidding. I think it's Mondays that comes out, though, just to humor you. It's it somehow made best uh, wrestling television show at uh, Wrestling Observer this last year. I think it was third. So, How the uh, – God, I can't even – I'm not even going to acknowledge that that's a thing. Uh, there is so much wrestling, so much, and, the, and a lot of it is really good. Um, man, we clamored for this for so many years when we were just starved for wrestling and, and, and televised wrestling, and now – with the ability of YouTube and all the different uh, federations we have and cross promotions, we're, I I almost think we're getting too much, man. 
I think it's oversaturation. I feel like people are just going to pick what they like and stick with that. So if you're a Ring of Honor fan, especially with what they're doing now, it's very different than kind of anything else going on. And or, or like if you're like an NWA fan and you like that presentation, NWA, um, that's another one. Or uh, WWE, if you if you just like WWE's presentation, you were really splitting your audience very very hard with all the all the different ways to watch wrestling. It's it's kind of nuts, man. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm glad that a lot of people have work and, but uh, man, back in the days when you used to have just six million people watching one show or the other show, I don't know if we're ever gonna get back there. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. And uh, even crazier to kind of change the subject to our next subject is the fact that we'll have more room on our schedule to be able to watch all this new content coming out. Because if you think about it, most of the older content that me and you and our generation is used to, Chris, is probably going to be uh, destroyed and, uh, you know, altered completely uh, for the new Peacock uh, application. And uh, basically, we all know that they bought out WWE. I mean, they're heavily promoting this. They have their speed bump, I call it, uh, fast lane pay-per-view as a way to test. Did not go uh, as well. Uh, you can't. Apparently, as of right now, not only do they not have the library or plan on having the library completely on there until about August, which I can understand is a process, uh, they're having issues with people being able to rewind the event. So if they came in late, they were screwed, and a lot of people weren't able to watch uh, Fastlane, which is terrifying with WrestleMania coming up and all the other programs that are going to be on that, the second half of NXT TakeOver, you know, and the two WrestleMania events themselves. So this switchover also is bringing in their people to go back with a fine-tooth comb and gather up stuff that they don't deem that they deem controversial, and a lot of it is obviously, uh, and get rid of it for their Peacock application. Uh, right before we went on air, uh, Wrestling Inc. Uh, on Twitter dropped an article and said that Peacock to review all WWE content for potential removal of controversial moments. We know that the two moments that they've gotten rid of first are the uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper WrestleMania where he went against Bad News Brown and painted half of himself in blackface. Um, I'm sure this wasn't the case, but younger when I was a kid, I figured that he did that, or at least my thoughts were, because I was a dumb white kid, uh, that he did that more, uh, you know, with the whole Scottish heritage, because I saw, um, you know, uh, the movie with William Wallace, Braveheart. I, I love that movie. I can't believe I fucking fucked up on that. He just started, like, just chugging my monster. But getting back to it, I thought that he was doing that whole thing. No, probably not. He was trying to, you know, be the king of controversy, because that's what Piper did. And they're removing that. Understandable. Also... Another understandable moment, I think, uh, Vince McMahon saying the N-word uh, in the direction of Booker T. Now, if you are a listener and you don't know that moment, I will say that, not saying it's good. He didn't, it's not like he called them the N-word. He said, he said he was in passing, I don't know what the fuck Vince was thinking with that whole entire thing. Uh, trying to be cool, I guess, but leaving Booker T and saying the word with the A, uh, God, it just it just does not age well. And I'll agree with that concept. I can see why you would eliminate that. But Brian Pillman Jr. put a tweet like, oh, man, I guess all my dad's promos are going to get erased from the WWE Network. And if you look at his latter stuff, you know, when he stole Marlena, 
And it was insinuated that he basically had her as like a sex slave uh, with the whole feud with Dustin or the shooting angle with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. A lot of the stuff in the Attitude Era, obviously. Are we going to have Raws that are now like 20 minutes? Um, I usually don't bring my hate of cancel culture on this program, uh, but I do. And, uh, you know, as, as weird as this sounds, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, Chris Benoit matches as of lately because I'm pretty sure that that whole thing will be gone by the time this is all said and done. Maybe I'm overreacting. Uh, Chris, you let me know. But what do you think about all this? Well, I don't think it's an overreaction at all because they're bringing us so little content to the fore. You're only going to. Sorry. I'm losing you a little bit, buddy. Okay. So, uh, You're so back. what I would, yeah. So what I was saying is, uh, I'm, it, the, I guess the worst part is they're bringing so little of the network to the forefront um, if you're going to go back and edit everything on the network, especially if you're going back to the 70s, some of the stuff they have there, wow, there's a lot to edit. I mean, you're talking about generations and generations, and this is like, you know, when people did the cancel culture stuff against John Wayne, when he did the Playboy interview in the 60s, like, I get it, I understand it, and, and I'm not saying anything about that was right, but at the same time, it, it's still a part of history, wouldn't you want... Wouldn't the, the smart thing be, wouldn't the smart thing to do, god damn it, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't the smart thing to do be like educate your fans and try to tell them why that's wrong or, you know, look at your history and try to, I don't know, show a better mindset versus erasing it? Because right now, like all of ECW is going to be erased pretty much. Yeah, uh, no crucifixes and whatnot and. You know, if it, if it freaked out a nice little young Christian boy, Kurt Angle, out of the Olympics, what's it going to do to modern America with your extremely, you know, uh, conservative conservatives and your liberals that are very much not wanting certain things of the past to be brought to the attention of the future? And I will say that with all the moral high ground, um, especially towards the left, kind of like what you were alluding to, I don't think erasing history is going to do good i think that and we're talking about pro wrestling i get that but i don't think erasing it is going to do as good as reflecting on it to push forward and uh it's 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 hard because you know when i think of my top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time whether i go in the past or just currently you know overall there's always going to be an asterisk that chris benoit would be on that list um, and it's very hard for me to watch his matches. We've talked about this with the documentary that came out from Dark Side of the Ring, obviously. He was one of my favorite in-ring wrestlers, uh, and seeing him climb to the top was awesome at the time. With the horrible, tragic ending, you know, a lot of times I have to explain myself, and I feel like this is going to be something that's going to be hit, along with a lot of the stuff in the Attitude Era, a lot of stuff, in, like you said, in the 70s, certain angles. Uh, the whole Nation of Domination DX parody. But with Benoit, I understand that it was terrible. Um, I still watch, I still will say that Chinatown is one of my favorite movies of all time. And obviously Roman Polanski didn't do to the level of, you know, Benoit, but I still 
like that film. I watch it all the time. Rosemary's Baby is one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, the, the Weinstein Company produced all my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies and, and many more. I know that people behind this stuff were monsters. There's a lot of uh, those people in music. Uh, now with everything with Marilyn Manson, uh, I was a huge fan of his music when I was younger. I still like listening to it. I think that you should be able to separate the artist with the art. Um, people still revere you know, O.J. Simpson as an athlete, and he's still kind of celebrated it in a lot of groups. Um, and whether or not you believe he did it or not, I mean, there's those type of things always there. And I think you should be able to separate it and even be able to separate times themselves from the difference of nowadays. Honestly, if you want to edit out a lot of the, the stupid shit involved with women's wrestling back then that just is not good... Now, if it's a confident woman, whether it be Sable or not, doing whatever she did or whatever, but in situations where you had Trish Stratus bark like a dog, if you want to get rid of that, fucking go for it. But if we're going to go after a, you know, this is this is a scripted television show. This is not something I feel like that is supposed to be reflected so seriously when it comes to certain character angles. Like we said, Pillman and Austin are good by themselves for a lot of those things and, and DX and a lot of stuff that they did and going back to old angles in the eighties and seventies. Uh, but you know, certain wrestlers that don't have the best, like Jimmy Snuka, is he going to be eliminated from everything? It's, 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 it's a downhill slope. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Like I said beforehand, but I mean, my thoughts and my problem with a new way to watch all this content, that's going to take away is eventually going to, you know, affect my bottom line on whether or not I want to have the network. I mean, I think that that's, or the Peacock network, I should say. I think a lot of fans feel that way. Yeah, so my big problem with editing things that are historical event, like I said, or, or something that's already been seen, it's been out there for years and years and years, it's not going to make it go away. And the people that were hurt by it, they're not going to be not hurt by it just because you edited it out. It already exists. So at some point, it should just be a uh, like a marker in time or a page in the history book. And, and the best thing you can do is like any company or a movie company is try to address it in front. So like Chris Benoit, like when you brought up uh, Dark Side of the Ring, what you should do is buy the rights to Dark Side of the Ring. And like if you pick something that has Chris Benoit in it, it'll say, hey, you should probably check out this just in case you don't know who this guy is um, and know about what happened and, and how that all went down. So I, I feel like there's other ways to handle it versus just erasing it because a lot of the things people yell about is people erasing stuff from history and we're essentially erasing things from history. Right? This That's what we're doing with... Uh, <laughs> with movies and and music and i mean if you really think about it when you talk about like a u.s history or specifically u.s history uh if you look at a u.s history book there's like there's a lot that's left out of here but well we're doing the same thing now we're erasing what makes us feel uncomfortable to make us feel more comfortable and and that's a problem and like you said with like someone like jimmy snuka well what do you do he's in the hall of fame are you gonna take him out of the hall of fame are you gonna take hulk hogan out of the hall of fame um, that's a whole entire, wow. Didn't even think about that. Oh, wow. 
But I mean, you have to look at it that way because if you're saying you take something out of a history, if you're you you ignored this part of history, we're essentially doing that by deleting it, like by making it not part of history. We're we're cleansing it, so to speak. We're baptizing wrestling, um, and wrestling doesn't need to be baptized. It should be learned from, and and people should try to do better like WWE with their women's movement and what they've been trying to do, they should look at the stuff that they did in the past and be like, but this is where we got to. And like, we should apologize to people like Trish and Lita and, and some of the great females, uh, Mickey James and, and jazz and some of the great female workers they have that they should have something where they actually talk about it and talk about how it's bad. Cause it's not going to ruin the business at this point because they literally have shows that talk about how they learned how to work. So <laughs> Like, I think there's ways to handle it better than just like, hey, we deleted this. At least probably a disclaimer. And I will just finish it up with saying that maybe they just will go into certain things like the two ones that we were referencing before Vince saying the N-word to Booker T, which is just ridiculous. Um, And also, like I said, the uh, half blackface thing that Roddy Roddy Piper did. Uh, maybe it'll be much smaller in scope. I hope so. I just don't think with today's climate that that's going to be the case. So, I don't yeah, know. I mean, uh, before before you move on, I mean, my worry is how long is it going to take them to upload anything from the 70s to the 90s? Because, I mean, Harlem Heat was technically won by Colonel Parker in a gambling bet in their prisoners, right? Like, how far are we going to go back with this? And how much editing is going to be like at some point you are removing all of his like wrestling is such a weird thing. If you take some of that stuff out, like, are you going to remove new Jack? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they'll come hella I mean, fuck you, you up, bro. Yeah. I mean, you might, I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying that new Jack is racist, but he definitely has said he hates white people in promos. Are you going to remove that? Uh, <laughs> which don't, he also says really great. great tweets. Like this last week, my God, New Jack, Jesus Christ, man! Uh, but, I'm not gonna uh, even get into it. I think me and you are on the same same side of the fence on this. Like, I get I get what they're trying to do, and obviously they're launching a network with everything under the NBC folder. But like, if you go back to those early Saturday Night Lives they have posted, how much of that did they edit? Because like like Eddie Murphy as a character on Saturday Night Live is a very stereotypical. Like he is a stereotype. He is playing like how much of history are you going to edit out? And and where does art versus controversy, I guess, kind of meet? It's a, uh, it's a crazy thing. I feel like I'm doing an episode of Monday suck. Oh Lord. But yeah, that's, uh, that's how I feel. I agree with you. I think we're on the same page. Let's hope they don't do that. Uh, but just get your shit in. Uh, right now, you got a little bit of time to see stuff that you probably know might be eliminated there in the future. But uh, not someone that was eliminated, but we should definitely talk about. Uh, WWE finally was smart about a decision. Uh, maybe they learned finally from Brody Lee that you shouldn't take years off a guy's career to not do anything with them, uh, to just basically hold you know, injury time and do whatever you could to keep him a part of a company that you're paying for um, to take out some of his prime years so that he can go to another organization and then tragically pass away, you know, shortly after, you know, and the whole situation's not 
exactly connected, but I feel like it is in Andrade, uh, you know, Andrade Cien Almos, known to many as as El Sombra from beforehand from CMLL, um, part of Los Cinco Rambanables, uh, not De Capon, that's the Japanese division, that's the original that Naito, Rush, Dragon Lee, and himself were all a part of. You know, he wanted his release. He requested, he did something I don't know is the smartest thing that a lot of wrestlers do with going on Twitter and announcing it, but WWE granted it. And we talked about this, I think, a bit beforehand, but there's been more stuff uh, right now coming out. Uh, you know, on Monday, Rhea Ripley came, cut everyone in line, but, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it myself, but, you know, wrestling fans, WWE fans will bitch at anything, even Daniel Bryan being a part of the heavyweight title picture at WrestleMania. Yes, I said that right, I think. Um, whatever. Uh, but, you know, with a situation like this, I'm glad they let him go. I'm glad that they're letting Andrade do other things. They didn't even tack on, reported by Wrestling Observer, they didn't tack on his, uh, you know, his 90-day his non-compete. He can work anywhere at any time. We know that a pairing with him and the former Selena Vega, Tia Trinidad, was really good on NXT. Um, she's available. Uh, she says that, at least currently, for whatever reason, she's apparently she's made a decision to go to another company, and she kind of let it be known that it wasn't AEW. I don't know if he'll go there. A lot of people thought last night at the 19th anniversary of Ring of Honor, which I will be going into some of the highlights of that, um, that he might show up uh, due to his affiliation in the past with Roosh. And uh, that didn't happen. So it's going to be very interesting to see where Andrade decides to go, if he's going to go back and hearken his, uh, you know, his previous Lucha Libre mass-based character of La Sombra, or if he'll just keep on going with the Andrade character that I feel is actually a stronger character to uh, be out there. Uh, I just love the cocky, the arrogance, the the fact that he has a boiling point, and uh, I think that he's going to find great work. Now, why that caters towards WWE still past him leaving, his fiance is Charlotte Flair. Now, like I said, Rhea Ripley came out. She said that Charlotte Flair had COVID. The second time ever they've admitted that a wrestler had COVID, besides Drew McIntyre in the past. And uh, she said something online that she'll be getting over it. But her father, Ric Flair, oh, Lord, uh, let everyone know that, or at least from what he knows, that Charlotte will not be at WrestleMania this year, which I'm sure WWE and Charlotte were very happy with. Uh, we talked about how Ashley, uh, a.k.a. Charlotte, uh, licensed Ashley Flair not too long ago as a trademark for herself. Um just really weird and needling at one of their biggest stars, Chris. And uh, I'm happy for Andrade. I hope that he goes somewhere and elevates himself and the organization and proves WWE wrong. But hopefully WWE is going to stop keeping people like an Aleister Black, you know, like a Bo Dallas, like a lot of other people that are sick of being in catering. And when it came down to what Primo Colon said, that was Andrade's thing. Yeah, the money was fine, but showing up and just chilling and catering and not being used for months and months and months on end, start getting to your head. And Andrade had told him that, and he said he was happy for Andrade because he had never, he hadn't seen him this happy about a decision in a very, very long time. So 
just crazy stuff all around, man. Andrade, if you think about it, has been in the WWE on Raw SmackDown in that platform for a while. Um, it's been a while since he's been doing great stuff at NXT with his match with Gargano and Aleister Black and Drew McIntyre. It's been a while. So really, they've once again taken years off of someone's wrestling career. But they're doing, I think, the good thing with this. Uh, where does this, what does this do for Andrade in the future, and what does this do with Charlotte? Uh, are they, you know, are they kind of taking shots at her with this, like punishing her, which seems really fucking stupid? I can't imagine that they're punishing Charlotte because she's al- always been picked to be the 16-time women's champion and break the father's record and has always been paid well and booked well. It's a very different story than what's happening with Andrade. Uh, I guess it just depends on her loyalty and how much how much she invests to what wrestling actually means, I guess. I mean, Ric Flair, as far as loyalty goes, he did carry the WCW title to WWF. So, um, man, I don't know. It's such a weird question with Andrade. I, I have no idea where I'd want to see him or show up. I mean, I, the obvious answer, AEW. Um, I mean, it would it technically it would be cool to see him in like New Japan or something or do something kind of crazy like that. But yeah, I, I'm just surprised that they released him, and it makes me wonder if people are starting to find loopholes in their contract, lawyer wise, to get out of this because he got let go way easier than say like a Sasha Banks um, or a Brody. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think they're finding something in the contracts to start moving this stuff a lot faster? Because that's what it seems like to me. You know, now that you're proposing that, it makes me think that maybe they're not just being nice. Maybe they are finding, individually with lawyers, the wrestlers are finding ways in their contract to get out of it. Um, And they have been, you know, because of all the stuff that happened with them getting rid of third parties and this talk about, you know, the obvious thing that wrestlers are, are not contracted. They're, they're uh, I, f- I forgot the term, and uh, but. An independent contractor. So they're, they're under yeah. contract, but it's specifically for one job. But in WWE, it's kind of like a sports contract, which doesn't really. I mean, like all other sports have a players union and WWE doesn't. So it's kind of a weird, weird thing. But with uh, her talking to the SAG, you know, uh, company, the Screen Actors Guild, uh, because they're recognizing they are actors, and there's a lot of stuff. They got rid of her uh, for not wanting to, you know, get rid of her other streaming platforms. People have probably been breathing down their necks, so I'm assuming that this might not be out of the goodness of their hearts. Either lawyers are finding ways to get them out of it, or they're having to lax some of their decisions due to the fact that the union concept is coming up. Uh, you know, when you have politicians going after them, it's not good. So maybe if you have someone, why fucking pay them if you don't see anything in them? Let them go somewhere else and make money. I don't know. Or just or just put them on a product they were striving on that's filmed in the same damn place. Like, you can still pay them the same amount of money and give them what they want, which is to be on TV. Like, there's no reason you couldn't use Andrade and make him a big name. I, I feel like he seemed like he was happy in NXT. 
am I crazy on that? Or is, is that just a me thing? Like, to me, it's like, I, this is kind of hearsay, but uh, I don't know what those contracts look like, but I'm assuming that there is an unsafe work environment. And when you look at WWE and the, the early way they treated COVID, that that might be a bypass for some of these people that are under contract. I could definitely see that. Um, I don't know, man. Like I said, I hope this, if this is going to happen, I hope other people, if they want to get out, maybe they can get out now. I agree with you, though. I mean, if there was so much growth in someone like an Aleister Black, an Andrade, and their presence were much more used and to the fan base of NXT, when they want to do that, great. But this goes back to the pettiness of Vince McMahon and the WWE. It almost seems like since Paul Heyman didn't work out, the guys that he wanted to use, Aleister Black, he wanted to use, you know, um, Andrade. He wanted to use Angel Garza, which we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, Buddy Murphy, which we rarely see anymore after that Rey Mysterio joke of a storyline uh, with his daughter and all that weirdness. Um, you know, uh, the ones that he catered towards, it seems like they're getting slapped for Paul Heyman, like it's a punishment for Paul, almost. Much of what I was saying is, could little Nix be taken at Charlotte once again because her future husband is causing problems? So they're not going to obviously get rid of her, but they're going to do certain things like, oh, she should be fine for WrestleMania, even though she has she had COVID, she's over it. We're just going to take her out of it. You know, it, it's 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 very fucking strange how that company works and how Vince McMahon works in his mind when it comes to pettiness. And that's my last thing yeah. on the subject. Finish it out. Good, sir. Yeah. I, I just think they need to be very careful with someone like Charlotte flair that has as much pull as she is 13 time women's champion or whatever the fuck she is. I'm like, I think she's 13 times, right? Um, she's starred in like, I don't know all of the WrestleManias for the past, like eight years. I want to say, I would tread water very, very carefully, and I, I'm a, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but if you're like Tony Khan, and you have a bunch of lawyers at your disposal, why would you not be like, hey, figure out how shitty these contracts are, and uh, let's let's get these guys. Like <laughs> Charlotte Flair showing up on AEW, regardless of the name, would be huge, right? Uh, so, I mean, I don't know, man, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's definitely something going on. They let Andrade go way too easy versus some of the other people considering is a former intercontinental title holder and NXT champion. Yeah, man, it's, I don't know. And yeah, like you said, um, Tony looking into stuff, I mean, he can definitely get out his checkbook, you know. His father basically is like a Ted Turner concept, and he's the booker. So just get the money available and make offers. <laughs> and not only that, but I will say, if you piss off Charlotte, and however long it happens, she decides she isn't going to renew. She goes over to AEW. Maybe AEW partially, strategically, not only seeing Andrade as a good talent, but know that she's connect. he's connected with her. Who else goes when he when he gets the fuck out of the Legends contract, who will be pissed about all this? One of the biggest names in wrestling of all time, and two of his buddies. Well, we found out recently not he's not as 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 good of a friend, but you know, Ric Flair 
is someone you also don't want doing negative PR because his daughter got fucked over because her fiance was not used and overlooked, even though he was talented. It just seems not smart for WWE to go down that route. Yeah, and I guess the worst part is the the thing that is glaring is the fact that Andrade could have been a superstar for you guys if you would have just booked him. Like, booked him in a way that made sense and don't put him in some weird group with Selena Vega. Like, Selena Vega and him uh, together were fine, and they should have been a great Hill group, uh, and he should have won matches in the same way he was winning in NXT. So it's... There's a lot of things on this that are kind of lining up where there's there's some background money happening where contracts are getting moved. And I wonder who else is going to jump on board with this. And I mean, getting someone like, like you said, like if Charlotte jumps ship, that is a huge deal. Like that would be a huge deal for WWE, whether people want to admit it or not, that's a huge fucking deal. Or like, I mean, once you start lining up those pegs and like, like you said, Ric Flair, and Charlotte, they both jump to AEW or something. If there's enough money to get them out of their contracts, uh, you will make that money back. It just depends on how hard you want to fight Vince and his lawyers. And I think the the problem he's seeing now is he's the first competition he's had since WCW that has that kind of fuck you money that can take him to court. You know what I mean? <laughs> or can go to court with him. Um I mean, like I said, this might be conspiracy theory stuff, but it, it just seems like the Andrade, if we had seen this contract like three or four years ago, he would just be stagnant. He would just been stuck there. And a waste, because I will say, like I've said this before, obviously there is a language barrier, and WWE does a terrible job. Well, I mean, think about this. Think about Shinsuke Nakamura. Five, six years ago, however many when he signed. Becoming coming as a New Japan legend, one of the three guys along with Tanahashi and Shibata that in the eyes of fans really rejuvenated New Japan wrestling and had excellent matches with you know, pretty much everyone from Brock Lesnar to Tanahashi to AJ Styles to whoever within that time period. Um, because of the fact that he can't speak that well of English in the minds of Vince, now, he is fluent. He obviously has an accent. But having him just speak in Japanese like they do at Oscar or having a translator like they're doing over in AEW with Pentagon, um, a lot of these people have super charisma. It's not like they're bad on the mic. We just don't fucking understand them. And that's an ignorant concept to go about it. And with Andrade, the guy just comes off to me very... I think it's... I think it's and I, I, I've said this to you many times. I think it's his intensity and the fact that he can kind of snap a little bit, but he's got that arrogance. There's a little bit of Rick Rude and there's a little bit of Randy Savage in him. I think he's an excellent talent. I think that he's great. And with a mouthpiece, he's fine. But like Jim Cornette brought up on his podcast, he's like, he goes, well, wait a minute. He goes, he goes, one of the issues with Vince is the fact that he can't cut a promo in English. He has to speak English. He's with Charlotte and you know, his co-host, Brian Last was like, of course he can fucking speak English, but it's because of the whole accent thing. Vince is very weird about certain aspects. It just does not make any fucking sense. It's you try to get ahead <laughs> of you try to get ahead and act like you're fucking becoming progressive and then you do stupid shit like this. Instead of letting him just be him and having a translator or just letting him just cut half in English and Spanish. No. It just no. I just don't get it. 
Yeah, well, I definitely don't get it because you know who did a good English promo? Selena Vega. That's why they had him as yeah. a manager to begin with. <laughs> like, they gave him a manager. Triple H, like, lofted you guys a ball. All he had to do was slam dunk it. Like, Andrade could have been the biggest Hispanic superstar they've had in years and years and years, maybe since Alberto Del Rio's title run. And even he had a manager. If you go back to, uh, is it Rob, uh, Roberto Rodriguez, I believe? Like, there was tons of stuff they could have done with him. And I'm not saying they needed to position Andrade the same way. But if someone doesn't speak that good of English, do what they did on AEW with Pentagon. I think that's a that's a great example. Like, it's okay for that guy not to necessarily – he can just translate. I think it's going to be hilarious if Charlotte shows up in AEW and just speaks fluent Spanish. That'll blow people's fucking minds. Just She just cuts I, all of her promos in Spanish from here on out. Yeah, man, it's 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 weird. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll drop this topic, go into our last one before I start, you know, going with the highlights of Ring of Honor. And this has to do with Tessa Blanchard, you know, jumping from one uh, horseman offspring with Charlotte into a story with Tessa Blanchard. I mean, it's not something... You can read into it, but it's not exact news, but there's a picture. She's been training um, with Sasha Banks and Bailey, and uh, a lot of people are running with, does this mean that Tessa's going to be coming to WWE? A lot of us have wondered what's going to be of Tessa, especially after all that controversial stuff. Um, a lot of, in the wrestling industry, it's gone back and forth. A lot of people of color have come you know, to her back, one of her best friends being Moose. Um, her fiance, obviously, or maybe that now husband, Daga, uh, Kira Hogan, Big Swole, you know, uh, a lot of people in the industry. She's had a relationship uh, with with Sasha Banks uh, for, for a while. And then also Selena De La Renta, Diamante, which is Kara Hogan's, uh, I believe, uh, fiance or wife, uh, you know, have had her back. She hasn't really made a lot of PR. It's been a PR nightmare for her career because of the way that she left Impact with the title on such a negative note. And then, obviously, all the controversy surrounding, you know, her calling uh, Le Negra Rosa the N-word, apparently, that Allison Kay uh, brought up after Tessa told, basically, women's wrestlers really done by her to step up and, and be there for each other. And then got bur- buried by a lot of ones that she uh, pre- apparently humiliated and bullied in locker rooms. So it's been a lot of stuff. We've already co- covered all that. That's that's as much as I'm going to go into it. But it has been over a year now since that whole entire thing. Do you think that we'll see Tessa Blanchard show up in NXT or the main roster anytime soon, Chris, based on this picture of her training with Sasha and Bailey in the same group? I mean, WWE's the best at sweeping stuff like this under the rug, as we've seen with uh, other superstars on their roster. I, I have no problem with it. it sh- if she's going to show up, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I would put her directly on the main roster if I was going to do it. It's just kind of crazy that we have this juxtaposition of Charlotte maybe jumping to a different company <laughs> with Tully and Tessa jumping to a different company with Flair. So, like, if you're going to do it, why not put Tessa with Flair, right? That would be fucking great. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I... I 
she's a weird character because there's also things that she did that was very unprofessional in the ring um, as, as far as a worker goes. Like, do you trust her with your title if she's just going to no-show? Yeah. And, and in WWE, that's a big thing. Like, if you no-show with a title, um, man, that's like when – you remember when Rob Van Dam got locked up for having weed on him in the airport and they stripped him and then buried him for, like, the rest of his career, basically? <laughs> And now he's probably going to the Hall of Fame this year. <laughs> like, yeah, he was on this huge title streak, and him and Sabu got arrested for weed in the airport. And then now, like, God damn it, we can't have this guy representing the company. I mean, I don't know that Vince would look at her and be like, this is someone I can trust with the title. I mean, that's a big thing about Vince is if he can trust you with well, the title. But let's, let's, let's be honest, Scott Demore. And especially Don Callis have been called out for bullshit in the past. I'm not sticking up for her for what she did, but Impact and WWE are very different islands to me. Like, I, mean, I don't think are. she would do that. I don't think she would do that with WWE compared to Impact Wrestling. I mean, I guess, but they gave her the top title in both divisions. It, it wasn't like she was booked badly. No, like, she destroyed Brian Cage in a fucking match, which I'm still baffled over. <laughs> Yeah, so it, I, like I don't understand what she would be upset about in that scenario. If she's upset about that, imagine if they go out and like, okay, you have to get a roll up pin from Lana on Monday Night Raw. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Vince is thinking the same thing. He's like, well, like if she doesn't connect with the crowd, I might have to have her lose to like a Lana. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't know if, if her very I'm strong. Just... I don't know if unprofessionalism would work over at WWE compared to Impact. Um, like I said, I don't know. Don Callis has been called out for a lot of shit lately that's been very, very kept secret. And I don't know any of it being true, but a lot of it's sexist style shit. So I don't know what the fuck happened at Impact exactly. But I will say that that is a good reason for Vince to be worried. If you know who the fuck Tessa Blanchard even is. I mean, obviously. I mean, he knows Tully, right? Like, he inducted the four... Like, he put the four horsemen in the Hall of Fame. He knows who Tully... It's not like he doesn't know who Tully Blanchard is, right? And and she's been in the Mae Young Classics and stuff before, and they brought her in for tryouts. This isn't her first realm of being there. There's a reason why she wasn't already signed before she went to Impact. So, uh, maybe if she's only in NXT and Triple H can book her, it'll be fine. But if she goes to the main roster, any kind of attitude at all with Vince, he'll just fucking, he'll just delete you from history. <laughs> like, I'm wondering if, if they can hotshot, since they're hotshotting now every match, and as much as I love that we're going to be getting, you know, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, if Charlotte is healthy now and she can actually do it, have Tessa come out and fucking cut a promo on her and have a match with Charlotte at WrestleMania. Just put it on the fucking card. You're, put, you're literally shoveling everything into place last minute and putting matches together. You literally killed Shinsuke Nakamura to get Cesaro over for a match for fucking Seth Rollins. So, I don't know. This 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 WrestleMania yeah. seems so up in the air at this point. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, if Charlotte is leaving, this would be the perfect time to bring in Tessa for WrestleMania and have her come out with Rick. And then Charlotte could come out on the other program, and that will spike ratings for both programs. You know what I mean? Like. Yep. It is a good time to do it if you're going to do it. But, man, I don't I, – I would be hard-pressed to think Vince is going – I mean, as is, is little trust as he had in CM Punk or Jeff Hardy, I don't know that he's going to be on the Tessa Blanchard, uh, let's put her to the top kind of thing. 
See, yeah, I I just think I think differently. I don't if if Vince even knows who the fuck she is besides Triple H telling him about her and just knowing that it's Blanchard. Um, I don't think he's gonna be worried about it. And also, I know Jeff and CM Punk had bad time periods, but they both were world heavyweight champions at the top of the division at a certain times. So, I don't know. Yeah, but you also have people like Jr. saying that he was walking on pins and needles to get that done. For both of those guys or, or various people saying, like, you know how much effort it took to get that done to get them to be a champion. I feel like Tessa will fall into that same thing or they would have just had her. They would have just signed her, you know, two I years think, ago. I Well, I don't know what the fuck happened at the May Young Classic. I think it's more about is she going to be a PR nightmare than she might screw us over the biggest company in the world because she had a confrontation with Impact Wrestling and left, left on a bad note for a. Uh, wrestling organization that has shrunk so much in size. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing that I, I didn't really think about with WWE is as soon as she comes back, all of the stuff is going to get brought back up. Like as soon as oh, she yeah. gets signed, it's all going to get brought back up whether she's so what do you, or not, but. So what do you do in that scenario? Do you like, do you have Tessa just go out and do a bunch of positive PR? I mean, she hasn't spoke for a reason because she says that other people have her back but at the same time maybe you should do a fucking interview and go into it we really don't know what happened like negra rosa really you know didn't really go into the details of what happened she was just happy with the support of everyone having her back for that but would you want to explain and a fucking apologize that probably be something that would be smart to jump on very soon if you're going to be coming in the wwe yeah, I agree with you, but I think the best way to approach it as far as wrestling goes is you come in and you have her be a monster like Ronda or Brock so that you don't have to think about all the stuff that came before it. So even when it gets brought back up, you're like, yeah, but like Tessa and Brock, all right. You know what yeah. I mean? There's there's, there's ways to move past it booking-wise. Uh, as far as her doing an interview on it, I mean, I think that would be good for fans of Tessa that maybe were disappointed with some of the stuff they heard afterwards. But yeah. – uh, you know, it and and that would be good, I think, for wrestling in general, if she did do like a tell all and, and kind of told her side and maybe apologized if she did do something wrong. But uh, as far as like how I would book her coming in, I'd just be like, it's like Ronda Rousey. When Ronda Rousey pissed everybody off, they just booked her like Ronda Rousey. They didn't stop <laughs> booking her the way they did, you know. I don't know what you would call it because it's three, but part of me thinks it would be cool if like. Not necessarily an FU to AEW, but kind of. If Ric Flair comes out, he gets Charlotte to come out. You know, maybe they work. Charlotte's got a contract regardless, so we don't know what's going to happen, how long she has on that and everything, or if they're going to, if they're needling her, if they're going to then give her something afterwards. But you got Rick and Charlotte to come out shortly after Mania when we're starting up a new whole entire thing, and they introduce a new group with two people, and one of them's Tessa Blanchard. And one of them's Brock Anderson, who's breaking in the business right now. We saw him over at AEW. And they call it whatever. And, uh, yeah, then you have the three kids <laughs> of the former. That would be uh, pretty stacked. Put Tessa, you keep them as a faction, have them always on the same shows together. But have Tessa go on one, get one women's title. Charlotte gets the other one. Brock can get the IC title. You know, you could fuck some shit up. Does Ole Anderson have any kids left? How about Barry Windham? Do not put <laughs> Ray Wyatt in there. Goddamn. 
Does Does Sting have a daughter? We need to look this up. He can, He's got he a son, Tony. man. It seems like it seems like Tony Khan, because a lot of people have made comments. His son's a football player. Uh, I think in college right now, but he's he looks exactly fucking like Steve. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure Sting is like, don't do wrestling, bro. Stay Just away. <laughs> yes. Tony, hey, Tony, don't call my son again, okay? I, you're trying to make a friendship with him. I don't want him in the wrestling industry. <laughs> he's like, I made enough money for us for him not to be a wrestler over my yeah, my, my wrestling <laughs> son is Darby <laughs> Allen. I'm, I'm giving him some stuff. It's like Shawn Michaels. He probably doesn't want his son. To, they don't even do it, you know, just. Adam Cole's my my kid. No, but you know everything you said, like completely agree with. I, it'd be very interesting to see. It's just the, uh, I mean, Vince isn't stupid. I I know people want to play him as the old man that doesn't know anything. He knows who Tessa Blanchard is. Like that contract has probably came across his desk three or four times with people trying to get her hired, and he's rejected it for various reasons, either him or Triple H. Um, but yeah, I mean that would be, it'd be cool. That would definitely be cool to see, like, the, uh, I mean, it would also be cool to see the four horsewomen without Charlotte, you know? Mm, like, uh, that <laughs> would needle, oh, yeah, good. You know, like, we're, well, but no, but it would make Charlotte a huge baby face. She's got to go against oh. all of And you know Rick, I mean? is there, is there J.J. Dillon? Yeah, like, Charlotte has to turn, and she has to go against, you know, Sasha, Bailey, uh, Becky, Becky, and Tessa. And Tessa. I like, like that. I like that. That would be cool. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of cool shit you can do with Tessa. I just, you know, I, Vince's trust is a very short throw. Like, even with someone like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, when Stone Cold said he wouldn't drop the title to Brock, like, that was a huge deal. I, I don't think that that's changed that much with with – Vince, as far as like who he respects now, he respects them. Yeah, you're probably right, but we we've definitely catered to a picture for a topic for a while. We've talked about a lot of different scenarios, and honestly, when it comes down to it, stuff happened. You need to apologize about it. You need to just fess up, tell us what happened, and just so we so you can move on as a wrestler and as a person. If all these wrestlers, like you said, and I mean it's very known, Moose had her back and stuff like that, and a lot of other wrestlers did. If a lot of your friends are people of color and they have your back, you know, if you say something and you tell your story and you get it down and you don't look like an ignorant fucking fool in it, maybe you can get over this PR, Tessa, and then be able to move on with your career. I don't <laughs> it's non-beneficial I, I, to apologize for something that's fucked up and tell us what happened. So with someone like Moose, did he also have her back on leaving the company with the title? Uh, yeah, because they're best friends, though. I mean, they, they've known each other. They, they trained together. They knew each other. She was, he was a roommate with her and uh, Daga. Why do I know so much about wrestling's personal lives? I have no idea. <laughs> but I mean, um, you get what I'm saying, though. She took a title and, and could have put that company. She bailed on a main event. Yeah. So that's very different. Even if you take all the race and everything else that may have happened in Japan or didn't happen in Japan, etc., and I'm not trying to put an asterisk next to it like it's not important, but she literally left with the title and just no-showed. Like, that's a huge deal. If you're Like, if Kenny Omega no-showed AEW, that would be a big fucking deal. Or if Roman Reigns yeah. is just like, no, nah, not I today, mean, dude. I mean, if you look at it, uh, the two other people that I know that have done that, and Impact specifically, 
Austin Aries, his career has been pretty fucking hurt since then. I mean, he already built a reputation beforehand, and then Alberto Del Rio, uh, previous before that, and obviously, well, he buried himself, just like Joey Ryan burning hell at some point in your fucking life, you piece of shit. Sorry, that's just me. But, um, yeah. Well, you're not wrong. When you start suing victims, you're kind of like you've pointed yourself out as an asshole. Oh, he dropped the the the, the case because he realized he didn't have shit on that whole entire thing. So, good old Christian Joey Ryan. I can't wait to see that on the indies. Fucking, you have a fundraiser for women's abuse. Are you shitting me? I'm like, god damn it. I think I think it was like Shane Helms talking about how he's met old wrestlers, and he's like, it's funny how all these assholes found God afterwards. The whole industry's fucked, man. You know. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into it, but. Let's go over a little bit of the 19th anniversary um, Ring of Honor show from last night. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. I'm just going to tell you some of the uh, the matches I think. I'm going to go over the card, but talk about the matches that I thought were, you know, if you want to check it out, which ones were pretty good matches. Honestly, the, the wrestling work in Ring of Honor, kind of talked about this. It's definitely catering more towards Olympic-style wrestling, uh, Greco-Roman wrestling, American wrestling, you know, the stuff that they do in colleges and high school, high school wrestling. Um, it's always starting up at a lock. It's very much more harkened to, I would say, the beginning of Ring of Honor to the be- beginning of the 2010s. You know, um, I think they took a time period where they got a little more funny, and I definitely like this product a lot more. But I will note that it isn't for everyone. But match quality has been great. I love the pure tournament style that they do, uh, very MMA based, but. We'll go over it. I didn't see the pre-show because I didn't know about it, so I missed Danhausen, which, if you didn't think, and it's because he hasn't watched his wrestling and only watches cameos, Jim Cornette loves Danhausen, and so does Brian Last. They think he's fucking hilarious, just because it's the most ridiculous character ever. But I, I missed that match, and he lost, so fucking shit happens. Then um, Shane Taylor Promotions beat the Mexi Squad uh, with Bandito, Flamita, and Ray Horace. This would have some problems with Flamita that would go into a match with the three of them later on to get out tension in which Bandito won. Great match. Check out. Well, I'm not gonna, one of the better matches was the first match on the actual card. Tracy uh, Hot Sauce Williams went against Kenny King and beat him for the World Television Championship. Now, there has been a problem between Kenny King's faction, including Rush. And Dragon Lee and their father, I forgot what his name is, he'll come out later on because he had to replace Dragon Lee on one of the matches because Dragon Lee's uh, hurt and out for a little while. But um, basically, LFI and the foundation, Tracy Williams is a part of the foundation. He beat him for the title. It was all about who's going to have all the titles between these two factions was the main story going around. Flip Gordon had a good match with Mark, uh, with Mark Briscoe, nothing too long. Dalton Castle had a uh, good match. With Josh Woods. Uh, Flip won his match against Mark. Dalton won his match against Josh Woods. Silas uh, Young turned on uh, Josh Woods and beat the shit out of him afterwards for questioning him. Uh, Probably one of the better matches back-to-back. Great story-driven match with Jay Briscoe and EC3. Mainly that EC3 just wants Jay Jay Briscoe to go along with the Code of Honor. Them having a handshake. He wants... Jay's respect, and Jay is blatantly a guest against the Code of Honor, you know, just basically doing a handshake at the beginning and a handshake at the end. 
I mean, the Briscoes are basically the the Diaz brothers of, of wrestling, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, and they had an excellent story-driven match. <laughs> Very old-school wrestling. Jay Briscoe won at, after the end. He got EC3's respect. And it's interesting to see where EC3 goes from here. Did you want to say anything, or were you just laughing at my comparison to Diaz brothers? <laughs> Oh, it's a good comparison. And then immediately I w- I went back to the Tessa thing. It was like, well, if you're going to hire Tessa, why would you not hire her? Because <laughs> they didn't hire them so many times because of things that they had said in promos. Uh, no, man, that match sounds awesome. I look forward to that. And, and with EC3 specifically, the character he's playing and kind of this new attitude he has, I think he could go places. Um, I don't think it's back to Impact. Unless it's back to impact to go against Kenny, I, I feel like he uh, he wants a big marquee match. Maybe it's maybe it's AEW. Who knows? Um, Do you but, think it's yeah, good that he got away from that normal kind of trope that he was in the the ultimate good looking heel thing, and now he's going for a completely different? By the way, he got lean, but he was shredded last night. EC3 looked fucking amazing, like a fucking like a Adonis God, you know what I'm saying? So do you think EC3 doing this new, like weird character? Like, is it, is it good that he's not going by? Because we already have, we have your MJFs. We have like a lot of these style characters within the industry. And now he's going for something completely different. I mean, EC3 is kind of an underrated baby face. If you look at his TNA run, I mean, I know he's mostly known as a heel, but when he was undefeated, everyone was coming after him. That was a pretty good baby face run. I think people, forget about that because he was Dixie Carter's was it son or <laughs> nephew, nephew or something is is how they built it in but I mean he's had good runs at both I think he's a good promo I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of his in-ring style um, that's more of a me thing though it doesn't mean he's bad in the ring it's just not really my thing uh, but I you can't look at that guy and and say like there you should do more with that dude that's what i always said on nxt i was like how are they not doing more with this guy and then we got to the main roster i'm like how are they not doing more with this guy because he is a good promo whether he's heel or babyface. and uh yeah that's it's it i don't know man would you rather him be like come into AEW really hot and go after kenny o- or like if you came into impact in AEW and went after kenny omega would you like that as a baby yeah. face as as with that the fight club thing you did against Moose. Would you like something like that? I don't know about the cinematic stuff. And they had a cinematic match too on ring of honor. That was at least, I'll just get into it when I get into it. It's coming up. But, um, but yeah, I like EC three as a character. I like this new thing. And if there's anyone at impact that I would like to have the title other than Moose, it probably would be an EC three. And that's no offense to Rick Swan, but that's just how I felt for a while. Um, and I'm hoping Kenny takes the titles off of him. And they don't do some finish where it's like a, you know, maybe they put a time limit and it's a time limit draw to be able to keep shit from happening. You know, I yeah. kind of want to see Kenny with four titles. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder if they're going to throw Christian into that realm just because he is a Hall of Famer for Impact. But someone sure. like three, I think, would also be great as being like, I am the longest. Ra- I was undefeated for this many days. I was this champion for this many days. Like, no one will ever touch my streak. You're nothing to me just to come in to fight Kenny Omega. Even if he loses, that would be a good storyline. That'd be something I'd watch. I like EC3 a lot. Like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of his, uh, like his matches, but as a overall wrestler, I like EC3. I will say, I think you'll like this match because it's very much a pick, pick a body part 
stick to it, old school style wrestling match. Um, but yeah, that was one of the better ones on the card. Well, it has a Briscoe in it, so it's got to be good, right? Dude, <laughs> ultimate dream match. I'll just throw this out there. I want to see Jay Briscoe go against New Jack, and I want all the promos. <laughs> They'll get canceled. <laughs> that shit. Yeah, yeah. They we we have to take a time machine back to nineteen, you know, ninety nine, and then uh, it'll get deleted from Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the next match. Awesome Lucha Libre-based match with Bandito, Flamita, and Ray Horace. The reason why I like this, it wasn't... I mean, they did a lot of shit, but it wasn't too crazy, and they still grappled wrestling. They were, you know, it was... To me, a Lucha Libre more akin to the past and more of the stuff that's influenced now by it. But awesome match. Bandito won, and uh, Flamita flicked him off, and uh, I guess they still have issues after that. All right, so they try to do a cinematic match. So Vincent and Matt Taven, who I got to say, man, I mean, I understand there's the kingdom. It was a faction, but when I think of the key kingdom, I think of Adam Cole. And then I would think of, uh, Maria and Mike, uh, Matt Taven definitely won the title not too long ago, but these are like the two last guys that were a part of it. And they went to their old wrestling school. It was set up very well. Um, that Ring of Honor had given them a camera crew to have them just, like, beat the living hell out of each other. Um, and, you know, they set it up well. It was at their old wrestling school. They had rings to go in and out of. They beat the shit out of each other pretty much everywhere. Very physical confrontation. Nothing really that great. Cameras were still very, very weird. Um, you could tell that there's no way that, that some of it was takes because there would be a camera guy, then they go to another position, and you wouldn't see the other camera guy. So they put it together, it was whatever, and then the wrestler at the end of it, and I apologize, I don't have his name, uh, came up and th- and threw them off the balcony, threw a bunch of tables, and they were both unconscious. So there was no winner. No referee. Very, very weird. Uh, probably second, this is one of the best matches. Jonathan Gresham won against Dak Draper, who was one of the guys in the Ring of Honor Pure Championship Tournament that really caught my eye. Great athlete, ex-collegiate wrestler. Huge fan of Mr. Perfect. Definitely has that demeanor. Uh, he is tall dude. I think he's like 6'4". So Jonathan Gresham looked small. Jonathan Gresham's, I think, like 5'6". He's shorter. Like, he reminds me a lot in stature of Dean Malenko, but he's even shorter than him. So just put that in perspective. But they had an awesome match, and I love the pure rules, how they have, like, a certain amount of time. You know, they have a certain amount of rope breaks. It's it's very old school in style, and he basically cut down the tree that was Dak uh, Draper by going after his leg and ended up choking his ass out. Uh, he choked him outside, basically, and they were starting on a 10 count, and when Dak was trying to force him and use his strength to get both of them inside the ring, you know, since, since Jonathan Gresham had that chokehold on so hard, he collapsed when he got in the ring, and then the match was over. And... Uh, Jonathan Gresham, man, I from the Pure Tournament. I didn't know that much about this guy. I believe I believe his uh his wife. Oh man, his wife is another female wrestler that I'm a big fan of. Oh, uh, Jordan Grace. Uh, but just really good wrestling match, Chris. I think that you'll definitely like this one. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm a big Jonathan Gresham fan. I think he's he's great. He's from here. 
He's from A-Town Down, y'all. Um, I want to go back to the Matt Taven thing for just a second because sure. didn't him and Mike Bennett get back together recently on one of these shows and then they just like disregarded it? Because they're former like IWGP title holders. So I thought they were putting that tag team back together, and I got super stoked about that because that tag division in ROH is you know, outside of the Briscoes. I mean, they have guys, but... I, I think that would be like an injection if they brought those two guys back. But one of the, I mean, I guess it was, man, I, I I don't know. It's been a while since I watched it, but I guess it was like 2020. They brought Mike Bennett back for a spot and he came out and helped uh, Taven because they're former tag team partners. And I, I don't know what the follow-up was on that. Do you know what the follow-up was on that or did, did it just not exist? No, have no idea, and a lot of people, just like Andrade, uh, expected Matt, uh, him, Mike Bennett, to maybe be involved in that match or something, and he wasn't on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I guess he's still getting that WWE money, though, so good for him. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Um, but uh, next match, awesome tag match. We had another one with uh, uh, between the two factions. Of uh, faction, in, in, oh, man, I always fuck up that. In no, no, I have to say it the full way. The Los Incarnables, uh, they had uh, Batista del King, which is uh, Rush and also uh, Dragon Lee and Mystico, uh, their father. Um, and then Kenny King, he had to step in for Dragon Lee because Dragon Lee got hurt. Um, they're the champions going in, and they lost to the foundation, Rhett Titus, Tracy Williams. Tracy Hot Sauce Williams is now the only wrestler to win two titles on one pay-per-view. And it was all down to Jay Lethal to take it home, Chris. And him and Roosh had an awesome match. Roosh is a great heel. He reminds me of Jay White in a lot of ways, of just how swarmy and how he works the other, works up the other person by talking shit like just throughout the whole match. Uh, him and Jay Lethal, I mean, if you're going to expect a good match, you get guys like Roosh and Jay Lethal. Two that I would say, and I think that Dave Metzler would agree with me, are pretty underrated uh, as far as, you know, casual viewing wrestling fans. Uh, well, Jay Lethal should just, he should be, he's one of the best wrestlers of his generation and just, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like he should be in higher things in Ring of Honor, but he, he loves it. And Jay Lethal lost to Roosh. Uh, afterwards, there was a big schmoz. Uh, both factions were fighting, and we have a new stable. I'll get into the new stable, but if you have any comments on those two matches beforehand. Um, but yeah, this is the fart in church I was talking about. <laughs> well, I I haven't had the chance to see them yet, but I, I will say I like Roosh a lot, and um, I immediately think of him in, in, in AAA from like uh, back, I guess it was, man, two years ago when he was fighting like Blue Demon Jr., um, and Dr. Wagner and Psycho Clown. There was some good stuff that was coming out of there, but I haven't kept up with them recently. So uh, that's that's my bad on Ring of Honor. There's just a lot of wrestling, honestly. Yeah. So we had a new stable. We don't know the name of them. They didn't make that. Basically, Birdie King came out, talked a lot of shit. Uh, by him was Tony Deppen. Don't know anything about him. Uh, but they started, you know, just beating them up, and they introduced two other members, Homicide and Chris Dickinson. 
And then they beat up both factions, and that's how they won out. Did, did you pause for laughter because his name is Chris Dickinson? That's the most WWE name you could ever have. And in this corner, Chris Dickinson. Yeah, just, uh, I don't even know who the fuck he is. He apparently <laughs> last was at Ring of Honor in 2015 where he lost to Michael Elgin and then fell off for a while. But other than that, I love Homicide. He's getting older. He doesn't walk. Like, he's been through some shit, man. And you could tell even in this. Um, and now this is a new faction, I guess. I just Why is everyone so faction-heavy? You know, I, I kind of stick up for AEW sometimes, but now there's three major factions of Ring of Honor. Um, is everyone just copying off of New Japan at this point? It, I mean, it kind of seems like that, but New Japan's kind of strayed away from it, so factions aren't that important in New Japan anymore, honestly. If you really look at how they broke their factions down, it's more like they have some tag teams. <laughs> like, So it's weird that there's like, uh, I don't know, I guess people are following AEW and things people like, but I, yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of companies that are faction-heavy, with the exception of WWE. Which is going to be hilarious if these factions don't work and Vince is like, I knew factions were a bad idea. That's still bad. Um, yeah, I, does, does, a, does a team with, I don't know who the fuck Bruce Dickinson is, but him, random new dude, Brody King, and I like Brody King a lot. I mean, for all the stuff that happened with the whole Marty thing, when they were him, Marty Skrull, and PCO, I was really enjoying the uh, villain family or villain Inc. or whatever. And I think Brody's an awesome wrestler. I've seen him for a while as this name that was becoming bigger in the in- industry. But putting him with an old veteran like Homicide, this guy Bruce Dickinson I don't know of, and random other dude, and they beat up your tag champions, your TV champion, your pure champion, your world heavyweight champion, and the two biggest factions... All right, no Andrade, no Mike Bennett, nothing like that. It just, like I said, I thought they had a good pay-per-view with some great matches, and then it went off like a fart in church, and that's my uh, my review on Ring of Honor 19th anniversary. Hopefully 20th is so, something big next year, I'm assuming. So it's kind of like when Christian came out to sign that contract, we were like, oh, uh, that's, that's the... <laughs> or when that explosion happened. Um I will say this, maybe it is to cater to the older fans of Ring of Honor, the people that have stuck around and and know that company, you know, like the back of their their hand or whatever. Uh, Weird choice. There's a lot of independent wrestlers you could hire right now, and Andrade would have been great. But I'm sure that was very short notice because his release was like, what, one or two days before this pay-per-view? And and did they record this pay per view? That's the other. I don't even know if this thing was live. They no may have idea. already recorded it. So yeah, I mean, like that would have been a big get. Or I don't know, man. There, if you're already working with Impact, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird thing to me. But yes, I agree with you. That's kind of here's the new group. <laughs> it's like you know, unless you watched Michael Elgin's title run as NWA champion and, uh, I guess, Ring of Honor champion, whenever that was. Like, was that, like, 2006 Ring of Honor? I mean, we're we're digging deep here for those fans that would still be around. Because I feel like even the internet fans back then would have been more on the impact side of things, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for alternative wrestling. But that's... 
yeah, that's that's a weird thing. That's like Adam Pierce having a title shot against uh, Roman Reigns. Oh wait, that that never happened. <laughs> I'd rather Adam Pierce wrestling in Ring of Honor than that. Uh, yeah. So let's go over. I think and review the big pay per view uh, this last weekend uh, that me and you watched that I have called and mocked um, by saying it's called Speed Bump because it is a speed bump to WrestleMania. If you were trying to use Peacock. Uh, like I said earlier, people are having a lot of problems. I did on the network. I'm going to have to get over and do it at some point for WrestleMania, uh, coming up soon. So, uh, some good matches on this, some stuff that's extremely laughable. We'll get to it. Um, overall, I liked, like I said, I, let's go over the fucking pay-per-view and I'll, and I'll figure out and remember if I liked it or not. How about that? Real- well, real quick before we get into it, I will say that I logged into the WWE Network and it just logged me into Peacock. Um, really? Yeah. So, or it just let me watch it. So I don't know if it was something weird that happened on my network or what, but I logged in and was just able to watch this thing without subscribing to Peacock because I completely forgot and was able to watch this on the the network and I didn't have any proxies running or anything so i'm curious if anyone else did that if anyone else did that like hit me on twitter at chris r Patton because i'm just curious if it it's kind of broken where you might be able to still pull up wwe network until your subscription ends because it 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 worked for me during this pay-per-view because i definitely did not sign up for peacock and was able to watch this hmm i don't know well, I, I didn't sign up either. I use the network too. I'm 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 going as long as I can without it, and I'm watching a lot of old content right now because it's gonna take a while for them to get the stuff that they deem okay uh, on there. God, by August, god damn. Anyways, all right, let's get into this pay per view. The pre-show was the United States Championship match. It was actually a really good match uh, because it had Matt Riddle and Mustafa Ali. So what do you expect? The biggest thing coming off of this, Chris. Mustafa Ali lost. Uh, Matt Riddle retained the U.S. championship. And uh, he went off on because of his losing on Mace, Reckoning, Slapjack, and T-Bar. And uh, uh, whatchamacallit? I got to remember her actual name. I fucking hate calling these stupid. Um, the hell? Oh, now, now it came up. Mia Yim. She uh, was the first to walk out, took off her mask, kept on going. So hopefully that's a good thing for her. And uh, so did uh, Slapjack, um, which which is oh, Shane Thorne, who is probably going to go back to NXT, uh, I'm assuming, after this. And then T-Bar and, and Reckoning grabbed him and double choke slammed him. You know, I will say this is the pre-show match. I'm glad this fucking group's over. I hope this didn't bury Mustafa Ali in the process because some of it kind of built him up as a decent character. So I want him to stay on as a heel. He'll probably be erased from television. Um, I think that they could use Mia Yim in the women's division just as a normal fucking wrestler. But honestly, part of me thinks, even though I like Dominic Dijakovic, that him and T-Bar, if you can like maybe rename them or something, because T-Bar's terrible... But them as a tag team of this monster tag team, they don't have that. You know, AOP, gone. Uh, that one team they're trying to build up, and the dude accidentally revealed uh, information about um, a spoiler for the show, he was fired. They're gone. Uh, you know, they don't. 
the Bludgeon Brothers obviously are done. They don't have like a big monster team. Two of them that kind of intrigues me between Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic. So this is actually something that happened from this match. How do you think the the the, the group retribution did within wrestling? And should we have Steven Richards versus Ali um, at WrestleMania, right to censor versus versus Mustafa Ali with retribution? Sure, why not? Fuck it. Chris? Yeah, so I'll say this about Mustafa Ali. Uh, I don't think he's a bad promo. I think he's pretty good in the ring. I don't understand why they put him with this group unless they were going to go with the hacker thing that they teased and never gave us a payoff on. Really? It's such a weird thing to me with him. Like, uh, so you say they kind of built him up, but like, how many matches has he won? Are they building him up like the Miz <laughs> where he loses? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, to build someone up, they have to actually win. Like, Darby Allen won matches. <laughs> That's how he got to the title picture. It's not just, well, he pissed you off, so here's a title shot. Uh, that I mean, that's one thing that I'll, I will always hate about WWE is, is the way they treat their rankings and how they do champions. And, and I guess that's just a me thing. But uh, I like Mustafa Ali. I think he's I think he's good. I think he'd be utilized very well. Um, he's a guy that probably could be refreshed again. I guess he could take six months off again and then not throw him in a shitty group. And then have him do really well at the Rumble and then challenge for, like, the IC title or something. But I, I don't know what you would do with him. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic, could, could you imagine being him and having these, like, five-star matches with Keith Lee? And then they're like, all right, bro, you're going to be part of this really shitty group. Yeah. Do you think there's any legs in a match with him and May sticking together as, like, a monster? You know, I'm not going to – I hate saying the whole LOD de- demolition concept, but – Keep them as a scary-ass two-piece? I say yes, because I've been saying they need this in, in some form of wrestling, because there's not really one out there right now. Uh, I was teasing it with Wardlow and... Uh, no, not Wardlow. Uh, Cage and... Um, God, why can't I think of his name? Powerhouse right Hobbs? Yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs. I was like, dude, make that your LOD before someone else does it. So if they come back with a refresh name and they're just not part of that group anymore and they start demolishing people, there's always a spot. It works in wrestling. You saw that with AOP. If they can't talk on the mic, you just get them, you know, a good manager and it's fine. Like, you know, just make them really good. Uh, And WWE is starved for tag teams. So if I was those guys, I'd be like, hey, look, (laughs) give us a manager and let us take people's heads off. That's all we need to do. We're two big dudes. And I think if you have a monster tag team where Dio Madden, obviously less experienced, but he's much better as your rough and gruff, I'm going to spear you, clothesline you guy. And then you have this different flair with Dominic Dijakovic where at pay-per-views, he brings out some of the topes and fucking weird shit he can annihilate people with that he showed on NXT. I think it would be a fun Legion of Doom-like group. And like, like you said, just put... What the fuck is Stokely Hathaway just doing, just chilling in NXT? Are you ever going to use a fucking man? I, mean, I know the answer to that, but if they had a talking piece and they were good, I mean, I, I'd be down for that. They don't have a lot of tag teams on any of the shows. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, you just got to pull guys from NXT up and then throw them in random tag teams and then forget they exist. Remember Ricochet and Aleister Black? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. That was way better than the boss-ass tag team we're talking about, which is two hosses just whipping ass. Uh, what are you going to do? All right, let's move on to the first actual match on the car, the pay-per-view. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks for the tag team women's uh the women's tag team championship i mean i kind of saw this coming i'm just so fucking pissed off by the ending um so naya's got this new thing with reginald where uh she's like his sugar mama basically and she's buying him suits and shit and now he's doing all these he's ex he's from um cirque de soleil that's what he first started off obviously gymnast so he's doing backhand springs and all this cool shit so He's distracting Sasha Banks, which we clearly know if you're wrestling fans, she's married, but she doesn't seem into it, but that's what they keep on blaming it as. And then the whole thing was, we can get them as tag champions, and they'll go to WrestleMania. It's like Steve Austin and and Shawn Michaels, and then you know they have the belt to fight over it. So I didn't think that was going to happen. I was pretty sure Nia and Shayna were going to go against something separate which looks like that's exactly what they're doing. Don't know who the fuck that exactly is. Somehow I think it'll be a makeshift team with Natalia in it. Um, I could be wrong. And uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, because of distraction, lost. It was Sasha's fault. And what did she do when Bianca confronted her? She slapped her across his face and knocked her on her ass. And Bianca was completely bewildered and didn't beat the fuck out of her. She kind of like looked off. And Sasha left the ring and then kind of approached it like she was about to run out, but stopped suddenly because there's a wall there. Um, I mean, I know that on SmackDown, she slapped the taste out of Sasha's mouth, but I don't understand their build for this. It seemed pretty set in stone. You have the EST. She's the greatest, blah, 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 blah. And Sasha's like, no, I'm actually the best because I've proven it. Beat me. Storyline writes itself. Didn't need to get the tag titles involved. Thought the match was whatever. You can't rem- I can't remember the match work because of all the other bullshit around it. And I don't like Sasha fucking making Bianca look like an idiot. Even if she gets her comeuppance on SmackDown last night. I just thought it was a stupid move. I don't care about Shayna and Nia. I don't. I hope that someone takes those titles and does something cool with it and gets Shayna back in the fucking normal title picture. I don't really care what Nia does. She can have vignettes with Reginald for all I give a fuck about. Um... But I thought this was all stupid. My, uh, I would say my, my least favorite thing on the card, but I can't say that. So, Oh, can I guess what your least favorite thing is? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, Reginald is just doing Brian Saxon's gimmick. Do you ever watch those drive-thrus or whatever it is, ride-alongs? Yeah. There's, there's one with Nia Jax where Brian Saxon's calling her, and he's like, Hey, girl, how's it going? I'm just hanging out with my mom. He's like hitting on her. That's Reginald's character. Like someone saw that and ride along and was like, <laughs> we should make that a character. Uh, it was like, well, you could have just made Brian Saxton that character, I guess, it, especially if he's just going to bump all around the ring for, for these uh, uh, female athletes. But um, man, I, I, women's tag team belts. We have, we have two sets now and a company that, <laughs> doesn't have enough to fill out their their heavyweight division uh and as far as like how bailey it like or not bailey but sasha uh her heel turn she should have been heel like 
Bailey should have turned face, honestly. So uh, I said that like a year and a half ago when they were doing that feud. I was like, well, if anyone has the right to be pissed, it would be Bailey because she lost the tag team titles and Sasha just left. So why is Bailey the heel? <laughs> and also Sasha is just a better heel. So at least they're putting Sasha in her natural position as a heel. Um, and I hope they do well with Bianca Belair because I like her a lot. I think she's great, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. I, I Sasha still puts on great matches. They just like if you listen to some of those promos, she doesn't know what her character is without Charlotte being there or without like a prime objective to focus on. She's kind of that person, and there's lots of wrestlers throughout the history of time where if they don't have that heel or or that baby face to go against, that they're they kind of just fall by the wayside. Yeah, I agree. All right, our next match for the Intercontinental Championship, Big E, Apollo Crews. This was a good match, man. I don't really get Apollo's uh, new gimmick, and like I've said, I really hope that this was something that he presented. I know that uh, his previous his previous name on the indies was kind of harpening back to his Nigerian roots. I think it was like uh, Zulu Nation, or no, that, Zulu Nation's not that, that's... Completely different, but something on those lines. It was like a play on words. Is it Uma? Uma Nation or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just hope that Vince wasn't like, I'm going to turn you into a Nigerian prince. Do you know an accent? Because I could see him fucking doing that. Uh, so little backstory, big... my wife, little backstory, my wife went to school with his sister and Uha went to like a military school and was always that kind of guy. And she's when she saw the accent, he's like, man, he's re- it's like when Southern people do an overly Southern accent. <laughs> she's like, what is this? I know this guy. So it was kind of so even from that standpoint, it was like a little overdone. And also, like, how how do they dial that back? That's like if Kofi was Jamaican again. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just all over the place. But I like the match between the two of them. I like this new, more aggressive side of Big E. He's still throwing his funny stuff in, but not as much. I loved it when he was doing those splashes to Apollo Crews right on the apron uh, and just talking shit the whole entire time. And uh, Crews would lose. I don't remember if it was like a... No, that's right. That ending was really awkward with a bunch of roll-ups. Obviously, one of them got messed up, and Big E was supposed to win. He got the win. But I feel like they're going to bring this until Mania. I think that we're going to get Apollo's... Calling hearsay, he didn't last night, but probably next week. And then they'll go into that, or they'll have a big ladder match with a lot of the other guys that don't have a lot to, to do right now. Um, you know, like a man or some shit like that. I definitely see that. But I love this version of Biggie. I love the passion. I love the aggression. I think that I'm glad they're letting him do it on the camera, but on and off camera, on Twitter and, and whatnot. And he's been cutting really great promos, showing a lot of passion and. I, I like this, this side of Big E, man. I really do. I think that this is someone, if you build up of come next WrestleMania, I could see him going against someone like Roman Reigns or whoever has a title and fucking taking it from him. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm here for this, Chris. I'm here for this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, like, I also like the direction they're going with Apollo Crews. I don't necessarily, we knew that the Nation of Domination was coming because we heard those rumors forever. 
of like they really want to do this even going back to uh mvp's group remember that was that was the hot rumor is they were going to do that so we knew it was coming down the pipeline which is kind of what they're doing wasn't but... wasn't ron simmons at a taping and he was supposed to do something and they decided last minute not to <laughs> yeah so they just dialed it back i guess for apollo um or uh god i'm gonna slaughter his name uh but yeah, I mean, I I like it. I like the more aggressive. I like the heel turn. I, you know, it's it's cool. I mean, it gives him something to do, and I, he's a great in ring wrestler, man. So these two big dudes slapping meat down for it, as Biggie would say, two big dudes slapping meat. I liked it. I thought this is it was a fun match. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like a a, a Randy Savage, uh, Ricky Steamboat no type quality match, but it was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. You know, and it was funny, it was a tweet that JBL sent out in reference to a, po- a promo a couple of weeks back that Big E cut. Um, it was a WWE Network exclusive or one of those things, but it wasn't actually aired. And he was just saying that, and this, this is coming from JBL, but he's he said that he doesn't see Dusty exactly, but like he sees a lot of what Dusty did could work for him. With the fact that people think that, oh, Biggie's goofy, he can't do the dancing stuff and then show himself more aggressive. It's just not going to translate. And he was saying, dude, it worked for, for Dusty Rhodes. It's worked for other wrestlers in the past. He can be himself, fucking go out there, be entertaining, and then switch it, show the emotion in the promos, get everyone behind him, and whoop some ass. That's not something that can't happen. So, and I, I, of all people, I agreed with JBL. I mean, I don't know how they wouldn't do this, but like all of the new days should be heavyweight champions at some point because they've all promoted themselves so hard. They're such great promos. They're good in-ring workers. They have a personality. It's you just have to book it. You just have to book it that way. And like Big E is the biggest of all of them. Like he's bigger than a lot of that roster. And like, especially if you go back when AJ Lee, like he was AJ Lee's bodyguard and shit. Like. That's a big ass dude. So like looking at him and being like, he's a good promo and he's massive, but like I don't understand why they would put the belt on him. That's it's fucking ridiculous to me. How <laughs> he definitely gets no, I agree. And but you also you, you probably agree with JBL on that concept too that he can still be funny and goofy and and do those dancing maneuvers and shit like that and get the audience into it, but then switch it and it's not does not mean that he doesn't have potential to be a world heavyweight champion. That's not going to hold him back like a lot of people think it is. Well, I think Kofi proved that, right? Yeah, it's about it's absolutely. about how you it's about how you book it. It doesn't like you know Eddie Guerrero is a prime example. He is a goofy yeah. character that never should have gotten where he got. Like that that whole thing spawned off them putting him into a storyline with China and his brother Chavo, like the lie, cheat, and steal. That all spawned off of a relationship with China. <laughs> And it just depends on how you run with it. And if you were like, you know, out of someone that's able, that they give the mic to and lets him just talk, Big E's probably like one of the better promos on that entire show. And he's very great in the ring. And he could be your big fall guy where he just has to take a bump or whatever. But he can also be the guy that does that huge spear to the outside of the ring that looks crazy, like kind of like a taker type deal. Um, so, like, I, yeah, people sing like Big E no one would believe him as champion. It's all about the build. You can believe anyone as champion if they build it right, if it, if it's booked right and you really believe in the guy. And I think a lot of New Day fans would be super into Big E being champion, so those people could shut the fuck up. I'm yeah. on JBL's side. 
I'm on, for the first time in my life, I think I'm on JBL's <laughs> side on this one. Oh, Lord. Um, all right, next match. Not really. It's it's whatever, man. All right, so Braun Strowman was supposed to go against Shane. Shane, quote-unquote, tweaked uh, his, his knee or whatever. I don't care. In practice, they showed it. Shane was faking it. So he forced Elias uh, to go out there. Braun destroyed Elias in, like, less than four minutes. Um, pinned him, and it's just... It's just prolonging what, what I thought they were going to do something like this to get to Shane versus Braun at WrestleMania. So Braun can throw Shane off the top of the, the whatever, the giant the universe at this ship. point. He's going to just whatever. He's going la- to launch him into space like when Goku sent or not Frieza into space. And he, he splits into all the different body parts. That's that's what's that's what he's going to have to do to. Like counteract all the other big spots he's done at this point. Yeah, I think what happened was Kevin Owens, how he was talking about how he really wanted to get thrown off uh, that WrestleMania or or dive off of it for something, the uh, the big pirate ship thing, uh, and then they obviously didn't do that, but he still made a spot similar where he like killed Seth Rollins and just knocked the wind out of him last WrestleMania. I think Shane heard him say that and he was like, "I'm gonna do that." Braun's going to do it to me. And that's what they're probably going to do. Um, that, or, that or they'll shoot him out of one of those cannons. You know, they fire the cannons when Tampa Bay scores <laughs> oh a touchdown. God. Can we please get Shane shot out of a cannon and nail, like, Braun Strowman in the stomach, like one of those slow motion things that you see from, like, the 40s when they used to, like, take the... the... God damn it. How many of how many wrestling fans, like, even the people that like Shane McMahon, how many of them want to see this match? At this point in his career, like the dude gets windy cut in a promo. I, I, I guess it's just, I, I'm just done with Shane. What was the green slime? Did they ever explain <laughs> what the hell that was? Well, you see, there's um, a partnership now with Nickelodeon. I have no idea. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> well, the Super Bowl did or not the Super Bowl, but the NFL playoffs did a, a thing with Nickelodeon. And what they did was they took normal football and made it Nickelodeon and had their own commentators and stuff. If you want to do that with wrestling, I'm fine with that. Like if you want to make it kid friendly and stuff, um, <laughs> that's, that's fine. But you can't just pour goo on someone's head. Cause that's just immediately going to make me think about <laughs> ultimate warrior. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh God. Just like the black ooze coming out of someone's mouth makes me go. Papa Shango doesn't make me go. That's scary. Dude, Papa Shango is legit though. That was a great character. They should have kept that up. That's I was scared of him as a child. I would I would rather <laughs> a, a sloppy match with him and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania than Randy Orton diminishing everything that we said that he was doing really well at last year. Ugh, God damn it. Anyways, so besides that match, <laughs> I obviously alluded to uh, the next couple of matches actually were pretty good, man. Uh, Seth Rollins went against Shinsuke. He beat him. He beat him again at SmackDown last night. Then he beat him up, and Cesaro came out to his friend's aid. And like I said, we sacrificed Shinsuke Nakamura for a match with with Cesaro and Seth Rollins, which should be great. And I like Cesaro, but at the same time, I'm just like, whatever. And they had a pretty damn good match. I just don't care about both superstars as much as I previously did. So they pulled off pretty much all of their fucking moves. I really love that, that sliding you know, suplex that, that uh, Shinsuke does where he gets him up in the ropes and he goes to the outside and fucking does a uh, belly to back. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I like about both of these guys, but yeah, Seth won. 
I just don't care about any of this. And I like Cesaro. <laughs> I want, I've been saying I want to see him get a push, but not of the detriment of other people. I mean, I don't know. Cake and eat it. What do you think? Remember, remember when they had Nakamura go all the way to the end of that battle royal and then just had him get peered, pinned by Adam Pierce, and we we're like, oh, they're going to do the Nakamura push. Yeah. Turns out that's not a thing. I look, I I love Cesaro, and we we I think we both gush over him a little bit on this show. Um, maybe to some detriment, but if you're gonna push the guy, just fucking push him at this point. It's been t- what he's been there since 2012 or something. <laughs> like you've had plenty of fucking time. So, I, you know, him being in a thing with Seth Rollins, I just feel like Seth Rollins will go over and then they'll just go back to Cesaro being a good in-ring hand. Maybe they'll throw him in a tag team or something. Yep. All right, so we had uh, Drew McIntyre against Sheamus. No holds barred. I'm just going to say it. Um, I'm sick of no holds barred matches. I'm sick of fucking no DQ. I'm sick of ladder matches. Cage matches. We should be using these as a last resort in fucking huge feuds. This goes across all companies. This should be something that's the accumulation of a long driven storyline that's like we gotta get in the cage so you can't escape because you're the fucking chicken shit heel. We gotta do a ladder match because at this point, over a championship, both of us have to climb to the occasion. We gotta do a no DQ because it's come to the point where we're both tied. Tied! In a fucking feud and this has to be the end all be all we don't do that anymore and Sheamus the last two matches they had the first one was the best so far and it was non it was a normal fucking match they both beat the shit out of each other and Sheamus lost so they did another one where they put a hat on a hat another no DQ all over the place you know they have the uh, stoppage because they both hit each other with the fucking metal stairs and Sheamus crushed his head wasn't as good as the first one. It was fine. And this third one, it was good. It was probably better than the second, but still not as good as the first one. It was very similar in aspects. And like I said, a hat on a hat. It didn't really need to be this no DQ thing. Sheamus really shows lots of bruises, obviously, because he's pale as fuck. And Drew McIntyre won. So why not? Why didn't you just give Sheamus the win on the second one to make it a fucking rubber match? Why did you extend it? After the no contest, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And I like, yeah, I mean, he, I like Drew. I like Drew a lot, but this didn't help. I loved his Braveheart warrior fucking thing, but yeah, I, it was. What did you think? I, ugh. So I like the I match. Like, I like watching these guys wrestle each other in general, but I I tend to agree with you. If you were gonna do it, why would you not have Sheamus get a cheap win on the first one and then Drew McIntyre and him? To me, with a with a last man standing, maybe they should both knock each other out with a standing ten count because that's how that came around. Is that they both beat the shit out of each other until no man was able to continue. So the next match is the last man standing, right? Um. So yeah, I, I agree with you, but that that's just it's WWE. They they got to throw a gimmick match on every show. So I, I was fine with it. I thought it was good. I agree with you. That first match was so damn good. Um. Maybe just have those guys wrestle. Remember when Sheamus and Cesaro just had like seven wrestling matches together? <laughs> and they were just normal ass wrestling it. matches. Yeah. 
I think these two guys are good enough to just have a normal ass wrestling match and then, you know, give us a reason. Cuz what what is the reason of this? Like Sheamus doesn't like Drew. They're they used to be friends and now they're not. And I guess so. But I mean, you should have put Sheamus over in one of those matches. Like you shouldn't have a no contest like I know they're trying to get Drew over strong before he goes into Mania, etc., but I and they're so weird with the way they push people. Like we don't want Sheamus to look bad, so we're gonna have him kind of not lose this match, but then we're gonna have him lose the pay per view. Like, <laughs> how does that make sense? If you if you really wanted to make him look strong, when you do the standing ten count for the last man standing, no one's able to stand up. I mean, that's not even that big of a deal. That's been done for forever. So they both are down for the standing tip. No one can get up. They beat the shit out of each other. And then you can come back to Sheamus. Where you're like, well, the former ch- champion is Drew McIntyre, so he's next in line for the title shot. And then the next pay-per-view, you go, okay, well, but you didn't really beat Sheamus. Y'all kind of tied. Kind of like a time limit well, draw. Well, that would mean that they would have to make sense of shit. And, of course, they don't give a fuck about that. So, poor Sheamus. <laughs> Here's the thing. What the fuck is Sheamus going to be doing at WrestleMania? He's been busting his ass, getting his ass kicked in these matches, and he probably doesn't even have a match. He'll probably be in the fucking Andre the Giant Battle Royal. You know? And we know that he's on borrowed time right now. He has spinal stenosis. He told us that two years ago after he got out of the bar. Which which is why... That's why he lost so much weight. That's why he's so shredded as he is and not as big as he used to be, is that he lost weight because he had spinal stenosis. He took, like, time off to get back in shape and do this and he had some good matches with drew mcintyre and stuff it's like man like if you want to give a guy a run i would have no problem with you giving it like giving sheamus a run just don't have him beat you know daniel bryan in four seconds in front of an audience that's definitely behind daniel bryan at wrestlemania well maybe they should have sheamus knock bryan out in the back so people can be happy and bryan can't be a part of the wrestlemania main event (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good call. Maybe maybe just the callback. <laughs> he just broke kicks him and Daniel Bryan's not able to con- continue in this match. He has a he has a concussion. <laughs> he can't make the Hall of Fame due to a movie, but they get Batista to put Bryan through a table afterwards, you know, <laughs> so cheers can happen so they can finally have the Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania instead. <laughs> I would love I would love for Sheamus to come down to NXT as like a legend ass kicker that triple H brings in. Fuck like yeah. he takes like, he takes like six or seven months off and comes down. It's like, you know what? I'm going to shake up the division. here. <laughs> you know who I'd love to see him work with is, uh, Alistair black. I think they would have a fun, obviously put Alistair back as a baby face because why the fuck's he a heel with an eye patch. But if <laughs> Alistair black came out and they had a physical match, you have like the, the Irish boxer against the fucking, MMA guy from Amsterdam. I think they would have a lot of fun in the ring. I, I would I would love to see him against like uh, Thatcher. I think that would be fun. Yeah, uh, that would be a lot of fun. Or him versus Walter. There's a lot of stuff he can do with Sheamus. But if he's just going to be stuck on the main roster, like you said, if he, you know, coming out of this match with a loss, well, what are you going to do? Because the heavyweight title picture is the heavyweight title picture uh, on Raw and SmackDown. It's kind of hard to claw your way back there. I feel like, like I said, I, I 
they could have probably done a double countdown on this one where they both lost and then you build back up to Sheamus versus because I, I feel like Drew's going to win at Mania and unless they have like Brock in their back pocket for, you know, SummerSlam or something, you still need that other opponent. So you could have made both of them look strong here and and still had your Mania match. Yeah, I agree. And if I'm going to complain because it kind of popped in my head randomly, another stupid decision for WrestleMania. Why the fuck is it Bad Bunny versus The Miz? Why wouldn't you have a tag match with Damian Priest and Bad Bunny versus The Miz and John Morrison? Unless that gets set up in a week, it looks like that's the direction they're going. Yeah, imagine having the ability to have John The two Morrison guys that can work the best. <laughs> the two guys that can work the best in the match are going to be managers. I guess, I, I mean, I'm going to assume that John Morrison is going to have to run in the ring immediately and take a bunch of spots, like... I, unless Bad Bunny, maybe he's trained by the same guy as uh, that punter from the Indianapolis Colts. What is his name? McCaffrey? <laughs> that McCaffrey. <laughs> Roy Rogers? Yeah, maybe he's trained by Roy Rogers. Maybe Roy Rogers just has a celebrity school of wrestling that we don't know about. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, we haven't seen Bad Bunny in the ring yet. We, we did see Snoop Dogg's frog splash, and that was terrible. But <laughs> maybe, was maybe that a Bad frog Bunny. Splash? I mean, I think it was more like a tribute to Snooka, but it, it was bad. Poor Cody got killed. Or whoever whoever took it got killed. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so let's go to... Uh, yeah, that's next. Intergender match. Alexa Bliss. Bliss. Versus Randy Orton. Less than five minutes. On a match that consisted of Randy Orton coming out. Wanting to beat this little girl's ass, uh, her throwing flames at him, uh, and letting a light fixture break and almost kill Randy, literally. And then when he's about to finally get Alexa Bliss, the ring opens up, an arm grabs Randy's foot, and we see the new costume for the Fiend burnt to a crisp that I don't know if I really like, even though I know Tom Savini actually made this one too, but um, there's a lot of people that like this shit. And I did it at first too. I really did. I thought The Fiend was a cool concept. And I know Bray's limited in the ring, but if they did the thing in the past where you just have him do a couple things and just annihilate the person, and then the whole Seth thing, and the Firefly Funhouse, you could tell was getting more and more Vince working with Bray as opposed to Bray showing Vince an idea and it's gotten fucking out of hand. And like I said, Randy, both me and Chris were praising. I think he was doing his best promo work. He had a really great Stunkle Steve Austin podcast that just came out on the network uh, last weekend where Steve gave him shit about his promo skills about 2009-ish and it really bothered Randy and he really admits that a lot of the work on promos this last time, he really realized that he needed to get fucking better. And I know it took a long time in his career because he was depending on his last name and his wrestling abilities, but he really wanted to get better to be a better wrestler. And he was cutting great promos. And his and Edge's thing, their match at WrestleMania, we weren't a fan of. The greatest match of all time. They hated that gimmick, but they actually had a pretty damn good match in that. But Randy's buildup to that really rebuilt him just to get pissed all over this year. And if he's into it, great. I just, 
I don't know. I feel like Bray doesn't have a lot of creativity in this anymore, and he unleashed a cool concept that is fucking just... I don't like any of this shit. I don't... This is WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, it. you, you have to know it was Bray's idea to be like, we should bring Tom Savini in to make me a crazy mask. Like, that's not a Vince thing. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh, I, I like the I like the look because it reminds me of Kane, which is why I feel like they're doing it because they're he's going into the Hall of Fame. Um, but man, this was fucking terrible, right? Is this the worst? Is this worse than the the Randy Orton WrestleMania Bray match? Oh God, that's a hard one. See, man, if you're Bray Wyatt, does it suck to be, like, listed on the worst matches at WrestleMania? Because I have, like, three or four I would put him in. Like, his match against Taker wasn't great. That, that, oh, that snake, the penis snake match wasn't good. (laughs) Um, I I, I just don't have high hopes for whatever they're going to do with Bray. Um, Part of it is, like, I, I feel like they tell him to work a certain way or something. Because, yeah, like, Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas is so good. Like, it's, you know, they're trained by the their dad. <laughs> Was it Blackjack Mulligan? <laughs> no, their dad's Mike Rotundo, but their grandfather is Blackjack Mulligan. Their uncle's Barry Wyndham. Yeah, so they they were trained by all those guys. Like, they, they know how to work. If you look at old Husky Harris shit in uh, FCW, like, it's not that he's a bad wrestler. I, I, I don't know if they he's, want him to do this he's Terminator. He's better. I mean, I think it's it's is the thing is he's better at psychology than he in ring psychology most of the time than actual fucking wrestling abilities. I would say, like it's more of the entertainment aspect than the actual wrestling aspect is Bray's better things. Yeah, well, he needs to tell people that they don't need to do so much shit in the ring. I guess. <laughs> no, he sh- dude, he should be wrestling like Undertaker first did. You know what we complain about with uh, what the fuck's his name? That weirdo in NXT, Dexter. Like, he shouldn't be doing all of that, but he should be killing people with a similar concept like that very quickly. He should have been mowing through people. He never should have lost to Goldberg. That Seth match never should have happened. No red light during the fucking thing. That, to me, is a Vince thing. The red light concept. Thank God they well, don't the do that. Well, the red light thing. Well, they did that with the Sin Cara thing, so that's definitely like a production team Vince-type deal. That just sucked, but... Man, he should definitely go to the school. Remember Killstein Kill? Like, when Kevin Owens fight, Owens fight, he should have went to that school of how to be a complete asshole in the ring. Because um, that's what I would want to see out of this monster character, not him pulling out a giant mallet. Or, I mean, uh, I guess uh, this, is, this is fine if you like Alexa Bliss, I guess. And I like Alexa, <laughs> Alexa's Bliss, dude. but I like... This has been bad for like three months, so like I don't care about this at all at this point. <laughs> and actually, I feel bad for Randy because, like you said, we put him on our list of like top ten wrestlers of the past year, headed into this year, and now I fucking hate him again. I was like, I'm sorry, Randy. I shouldn't have said that I hated you. Now I'm back to like, no, nah, fuck Randy Orton. <laughs> like that's where I'm so, at. Now. <laughs> this is even this is even sad. So Jim Cornette reviewed this with Brian last. And they got to this match, and uh, Jim Cornette made a new rule. He goes, Randy, I used to love you. You know, I, you were an OVW alumni, uh, but 
now he I forgot what he called it. It's like the the Fiend and Orton rule. If there's anything with Randy Orton, he's done. No more watching. And because of this match, and Brian Last was like, no. He didn't watch the end of it. He didn't watch the last match with Daniel Bryan and, and uh, Roman Reigns, which was, I, I think, arguably the best thing on the card. So a less than five-minute match with Randy Orton and this bullshit with Alexa Bliss, just he thought that was it anyways. He didn't even know there was a match after. Um, but God damn, dude, it was – I know there's people that like this. I've lost it. I would rather Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss get with Rob Zombie and do an awesome horror movie. Honestly, I would, I would rather see Kenny Omega sixty nine Don Callis in the ring than watch this. I would rather, I would rather watch a full fledged film with Jared Leto playing the Joker, with no other Batman <laughs> characters. Do you remember the the big boss man uh, Al Snow match where they had the dogs outside? The dogs didn't do anything. They just took a shit everywhere. You'd rather watch that. I'd rather watch that because <laughs> at least in the ring, it was pretty decent for what they were going for. Goddamn. But if you made it through this, you got to a 30 minute match with Roman Reigns, the WWE universal champion, uh, going against Daniel Bryan. Edge was the special guest enforcer on the outside of the ring. And they had an awesome match, man. Much Similar in concept to the Dak and uh, John Gresham match. The whole concept was Roman's a big dude, so Daniel Bryan's got to break his ass down and go for submissions. And, I mean, some people were pissed off that Roman sold as much. And I'm like, dude, this is Daniel fucking Bryan. He's one that that has achieved past the small man stereotype. And the fact that he's so quick... And can get submissions. So, I mean, he was trained by Shawn Michaels and William fucking Regal. <laughs> uh, what do you expect? I just don't. I, I, it's baffling, Chris. Dude, it's baffling because this is the same guy that beat Randy Orton, Batista, and Triple H in the same night to win the, the same goddamn title. <laughs> that everyone clamored for. <laughs> and now, guess- why is Roman Reigns selling to Daniel Bryan is now the narrative of WWE fans. Because WWE fans now like Roman Reigns, which is a whole different conversation. We knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to – I predicted this like two years ago. It'll turn around. People will like Roman Reigns. <laughs> Fuck. How how do you hate Daniel Bryan just because Roman Reigns is good now? <laughs> and, dude, I don't understand the logic. It's like Daniel Bryan did get fucked over. He won the Elimination Chamber for a title shot. Roman called his shot and said it was going to be right the fuck afterwards. He got fucked on this. And in this match, he got fucked over because of Edge. I do think it should be a three-way. And I'm glad they're going that direction. But, like, I I mean, dude, that's the whole thing is, like, I like what they're building. I love how Edge is coming off as kind of, like, unhinged. Like, he's borderline going in almost a heel direction. You know, at the end of this match, we had it where Daniel Bryan accidentally kicked him in the face. So Edge got pissed off because there was a ref bump and then hit him in the in the back with a chair. You know, he had Roman in his lock for a very long time and had him tapping, but there was no referee. So, you know, Edge counted it for Roman after a spear. And we have him go after both Edge and, or both Roman and Daniel Bryan. What happened again uh, last night on SmackDown. So we have Edge's in the middle. 
who's pissed off that Daniel Bryan that he won Royal Rumble from one from number one or two going all the way to thirty, and that Daniel Bryan's trying to come in here and take it. But Daniel Bryan's like, I got fucked over on the match to get me to to win the title, and I got fucked over after the Elimination Chamber. And you have Roman, who is the champion, who's playing everything. I can't wait for this three-way. And I love the way that they're, they're going about it. I love that Edge is kind of like in the middle. Roman's the heel. Daniel Bryan's the, obviously the baby face. And I want Roman to win regardless. And I think that that's going to happen. And I think that was their plan all along. There has been great three-way matches in the past WrestleMania. Two that come to mind that are, are, are probably the biggest ones is uh, Chris Benoit beating Shawn Michaels in Triple H for the title. And Rey Mysterio beating Kurt Angle and Randy Orton for the title. And I'll, I'll even put up there, I love the uh, match with The Miz, Finn Balor, and uh, Seth Rollins for the IC title a couple of years back. So I think this is going to be a damn good match. And once again, just like I give shit to AEW fans, I think WWE diehard fans should stop fucking bitching so much. You're bitching about Daniel Bryan being put in a title picture <laughs> years later for, for Roman Reigns' sake. What? And all right, I get it, Edge fans. I get it too, but Edge is not going to win against Roman. At least I don't think he is. I like this concept that you're like, well, maybe he will, and same thing with Daniel Bryan. But it's most likely Roman's going to win. So who gives a shit if we have a three-way match between three great competitors? If anything, it can hide any weaknesses Edge has. And by the way, before I pass it to you, Chris, Edge is looking fucking jacked. He was the same size Roman Reigns uh, last night when they were face to face. This reminds me of when Charlotte got injected into uh, Becky and Ronda. And I was like, well, they just need someone there to manage the ring. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Listeners and people were super pissed when I said that, but she was very important to carrying that match. And that's Daniel Bryan's role here. Uh, not saying the Edge or Roman's limited, but they work very similar styles. And. having the excitement of a Daniel Bryan um, and someone that is a great ring general like he is, I think that makes a huge difference to the match. Am I crazy on this? No, completely agree with you. And I think that this will go down potentially as one of the best three ways to stack up against those other two I talked about. Well, I mean, I don't know if it'll go down as the the greatest three way of all time, but (laughs) I'll say it has potential to outshine maybe Angle, Horton, and uh, Mysterio. Well, I was making a porn joke, but I also like you know oh. when Terry <laughs> Funk won the when Terry Funk won the ECW title, that would be the greatest three way of all time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to me. Um, but it, all joking aside, I mean, putting someone like Daniel Bryan in this match made sense. I I called this bef- even before Rumble. He's like. They're they're doing stuff with Daniel. They're obviously at least they tried to build it so that it made sense, you know, when he got shoved into the the picture. Unlike what they did with Charlotte, where she was just like, oh, well, but Charlotte, am I right? So like you can't complain about one thing <laughs> and then complain about the other. Like they did build Daniel to a point where he has a, a legitimate reason to want to be in this match or should be in this match, right? Am I crazy on this? I mean, like I said, he won the Elimination Chamber, <laughs> got fucked over directly afterwards. And with this, Edge literally is the reason why he didn't win the match at Fastlane. 
yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I the one thing I do like about this is Edge is always better as a heel. So if this is Edge being like a tweener, maybe switching heel, and Daniel Bryan is the babyface having to go after both these guys, then great. Because, I mean, Edge is a better heel. Like, Rated R Superstar is a better Edge run than anything he's ever done as a babyface. And to me, after Mania, you have Roman go on to the next thing to build up to SummerSlam. And you have Edge and fucking Daniel Bryan going after each other's throats. I mean, there's so much to be said about a the fact that both of them had a similar story coming back from injury. The fact that you said it, Edge is a, is a really good heel. Daniel Bryan's positioned way better as a babyface. They just have so much. The fact that they could kind of go into the fact Edge is trained. Edge has more of the attitude of Sean, but he was trained by Brett. Fucking Daniel Bryan has more of the attitude of of uh, what you call Brett, but he was trained by Sean. Like there's so much. They could have a few going with no title involved between the two of them and have great, excellent matches from WrestleMania to SummerSlam if they wanted to. Well, yeah, but that ruins my entire gimmick of Best Canadian, where we get Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and <laughs> Edge in a match together, which is what the world really wants to see. <laughs> How do you like that they're hotshotting that feud now that we're getting Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn? Do you think they were like... You guys can fucking kill it. Just go out there and just destroy each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's not, they're not wrong. <laughs> you know, like, hey, we need a match, and you guys need to be on the card, so why not Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens? You know what's really going to fuck this WrestleMania up? If if they give them, like, 15 minutes, and they go out and have the best match. That's They should happen. be worried about that, because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have worked each other for... 15 plus years dude you know what i i agree with you on that one and bully ray said it and i kind of agree with him i think there's a good chance that champa and walter are going to steal the whole entire week you're not wrong that's crazy that they made that a match but yeah i that should be really really good but i don't know because Sami Zayn and kevin, and kevin owens. owens get to watch that <laughs> And then be like, all right, well, now we know what we have to do. <laughs> now so we know what we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I mean, I, I love everything about the buildup. I love the buildup to Mania. I know a lot of people are kind of turned off to this Mania being 7,000 days or whatever. But there's a lot of good matches on this card coming up. The, the, the Daniel Bryan stuff is just baffling to me, like, you're the same people that wanted Daniel Bryan in the main event, and now he's in the main event. You don't want him in the main event? You don't want to see Daniel Bryan versus Edge? Even if Roman is there, who's like, well, Roman should just go over. It's like, well, you wouldn't have said that like two years ago. <laughs> like, who are these people, Dave? Who are they? I feel like me and you need to Crazy. Jay and Silent Bob, like, find their addresses. <laughs> from Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back and just start pub stomping. Just beating people's asses. All right, so let's go over the card of WrestleMania. There's going to be additions, but we know some of the matches for night one and night two. Uh, Sasha Banks and Be- Bianca Belair will be on night one. This is not in exact order. should say that. This is just Wikipedia uh, going over what we have so far. But uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Bobby Lashley, with MVP in his corner against Drew McIntyre for WWE Championship. Uh, Bad Bunny with Damian Priest in his corner against The Miz. John Morrison in his corner 
the New Day uh, against AJ Styles and Amos, which is going to be very interesting for the Tag Team Championships. Prons Truman versus Shane McMahon and Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. That's so far what's going to be on night one. Uh, anything to say about that? Some good stuff and some I'm not really giving a fuck about. Mainly Bad Bunny and The Miz and then Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. I mean, I like the idea of Bad Bunny versus uh, John, or not Bad Bunny, but uh, John Morrison versus Damian Priest, which is what that match is going to be, right? On the outside. <laughs> so, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that'll be cool. Um, I'm sure our boy, John Morrison, John Johnny Gimmick name, will do some cool-ass shit. Uh, there's nothing on that card I hate. The only weird thing to me is, like, who who do you give the women's title to? I would say Bianca, but I could see them keeping it on Sasha and having her chase. Well, she just, I mean, she just turned heel, you know, so that that's the only caveat. The rest of the the rest of that card sounds awesome to me. I, I don't know how other fans feel, but I'm looking forward to it. All right, and then night two, we got Roman Reigns against Edge against Daniel Bryan, Universal Championship. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. The Fiend with Alexa Bliss against Randy Orton, Big E and Apollo Crews, and Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. So I'm looking forward to two of these matches. (laughs) I think I like night one better than night two. Um, I'm just done with the Fiend shit, honestly. And, uh, yeah, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, especially if they get to watch the night before and get to watch what's going on in NXT. Unless Vince is like, you guys have five minutes, that's probably going to be a show stiller for the entire WrestleMania. If they give them more than 12 minutes, I guarantee you it'll still a show. I feel like I feel like the Fiend and Randy Orton is going to be another Bray Wyatt funhouse. Maybe they'll have John Cena make an appearance. Maybe Randy Orton will will find John Cena in whatever prison he's been in since the last WrestleMania. Definitely not filming Suicide Squad, which the trailer looks awesome, <laughs> by the way. And John Cena looks fucking hilarious in as Peacemaker. Um, <laughs> maybe they'll find him. And then Randy and John will, 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 will get together and beat The Fiend and kill Bray Wyatt. I don't know. I don't fucking care. I was about to say, like, could you imagine getting that? It's like, oh, you're going to be in another Fiend match. John Cena, like, he's like, would I rather be in Suicide Squad or the Fiend match? Suicide Squad? Fiend match. <laughs> would I rather hang out with Sylvester Stallone or Alexis Bliss? <laughs> I was just a shark, you know, and, uh, just a king shark. Shark is just a king shark. He's king shark. Dude, I popped so hard when I realized it was him. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so it's so great. I'm excited. I I didn't like the first one, but now I'm now I'm in on the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'm hyped. Yeah, I'll just say I think that James Gunn was a great choice for this follow-up. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to be one of those people. Let David Ayer fucking go and give us his version of Suicide Squad since you guys took it and let a goddamn music video company and commercial company just chunk it up and, and put out whatever the fuck they put out in theaters. What a bunch of backing tracks of the greatest hits of all time. Fuck you, Warner Brothers. But people love Margot Robbie. God damn it, Dane. I, I, I love Margot Robbie, but Birds of Prey was god-awful and Suicide Squad was terrible, too. Fucking I, love, I love this because it gives her an opportunity to be the actress that she is, from at least from the trailer and who the director is. Yep. Yep. 
because she is a great actress. So uh, we're taking a deep dive. Maybe we'll save this for a different podcast, but I am excited. Me too. Definitely me too. I'm trying to find the stuff for NXTs. Yeah. Okay. I think we have, no, this is not it. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about when we get there, but that's pretty much wrapped up with the WWE stuff. Ron SmackDown. We talked about most stuff involved with that. I say we move on to the Wednesday night wars. What do you think, Chris? Let's get it. Woo. Woo. Just going to take out the raw results. I don't even remember what the fuck. I told you that before on the show. I don't even remember exactly what the fuck happened on Raw. And you I, didn't I even don't. watch it, so you know yeah, as much as I do. I don't watch Raw anymore. <laughs> Only the things that you send me, bud. Like, I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell my good friends, since we decided that we weren't going to torture ourselves, um, and some reason I don't have a lot to watch on Mondays, I guess, I should be trying to get finished with fucking The Wire, since I'm three seasons in, but... <coughs> Monday Night Raw! <laughs> After you finish The Wire, watch Treme. By the way, it's same uh, same producer and director. You'll you'll love it. It's What's great. Treme. It's uh it's based in New Orleans after the uh, Katrina. It's all Ooh. blues and jazz. You'll really dig it. It's great. It's got some of the same actors too. The casting in that is just incredible. All right, let's start off with AEW. Start off with a match that was uh, set up on their new uh, show. Uh, the previous Monday, basically, Kenny said he, he he pulled a Roman Reigns, told Matt Seidel if he was able to beat Michael Malkazawa, that he'd have a match against Kenny Omega after uh, Matt had a tag team match with his brother earlier in the evening. So Matt went through two matches, and then Kenny was like, all right, we're doing it now, and then kicked him in the stomach, gave him the one-wing angel, and pinned him. So Tony Khan came out and did the worst fucking, ugh, like, a terrible promo. It was like... It's like he took like two lines of cocaine and just went out there and they just gave him a live mic. So Tony, like you said you originally, I love the 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 harping back to Vince in Memphis wrestling thing that you're doing on Impact. I think that's fine. Might not want to come out and just cut promos. Uh, but anyways, it set it up. <laughs> Kenny Omega, Matt Seidel, they had an awesome match. A lot of people said that Kenny gave him too much offense. Situation where I wish they would actually kind of make Matt Seidel what I think he is and that's someone that's been in the business for a long time so I mean they went back and forth but Kenny ultimately won and uh, yeah um, that was that was our, our champion he uh, got him with the one wing angel and uh, he tried. Seidel avoided it the first time and almost got it this time and I love it when they do that Adam Page did that in their match where he was even punching Kenny in the head up until he flipped him over and got him in the one wing angel and uh yeah, man, I thought this was an excellent match, Chris. Uh, did you care that that it went longer, as long as it did, basically? I do care that that Kenny gave him so much offense when I haven't seen this guy on TV, and when I do see him on TV, he fucking loses. So from that standpoint, yes. Because they're they're booking Kenny as a strong champion, like they're 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 booking him as kind of a chicken shit heel a little bit, but then they're having him doing barbed wire death matches against John Moxley, so it, it kind of erases whatever like stigma you would have of like the Miz or like you know Ric Flair when he's really chicken shit heel. It's like you still know that Kenny Omega is a great in ring wrestler as far as like. That's the whole gimmick is like I can beat you in in, in a regular match, right? <laughs> They've preached that 
to us day one. So like him having this much trouble against Matt Seidel, who just had to go through all the shit beforehand, uh, to me was kind of dumb. But as far as like the in-ring quality and stuff they did, it's a great fucking match. Good match. Like in-ring, great match. Storyline, stupid. Yeah, and we had Don Callis on commentary during that. Lots of back and forth. I loved the part where JR was like, well, Tony Khan pays your bills. I don't know if he forgot. Uh, maybe Don has gotten signed and that whole rumor's true. But Don's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm an executive for Impact Wrestling. So that was a little bit awkward. But I always love having Don on the, the stick being the uh, Bobby Heenan in a situation for commentary. I think that Don's very gifted in that realm, actually. Question for you, though, coming out of that commentary and the way he said that, do you think that uh, do you think that the cons bought impact because they got a TV spot perfectly positioned in between all the other wrestling things? And we're talking about the second show. Do you think they bought impact and they're just going to cross over? That's a very good possibility. I mean, that's a lot of of Tony's and Tony's dad's. uh Money, though, to buy out that roster if they're trying to do that, keep it by itself. Send people. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's beneficial, but they need to get impact then off of whatever access station they're on and onto TBS or TNT or something else from Warner. Yeah, but they, they we don't know what the access contract looks like. And if they bought they bought out the TV contract or something like Mark Cuban sold that thing. Right. And it just shifted everything. So it's very possible that they just bought out the same contract because apparently uh, was an anthem. They just don't care. They just want money. <laughs> yeah. Was what did Rebby as as Rebby Hardy would put it? Fuck that owl. I love Rebby. Uh, all right, so uh, we had a segment with Hangman Adam Page with the Dark Order. Um, this was all hyping up the match uh, at the end of the night. But uh, segment show the Dark Order with Hang uh, hanging out ahead of Silver's TNT match, getting him pumped up, and it kind of set up the match that Page won against Caesar Benoni. This is a good work of Caesar Benoni. He's a big fucking dude. He usually does job, and Adam Page killing him pretty fucking quickly. I think was the right way to go on this. Uh, but at the same time, I do find it funny. And I don't, Caesar. I've I've seen him in an AEW and NXT previous. Don't remember that much if to qualify if he's a good worker or not. It's just funny that a guy that looks like that, compared to, I mean, I hate to go back to it, but like the stunt guy, uh, micro micro stunt. I I didn't mean to even call him that. Marco stunt. I'm gonna start calling him micro stunt. That's great. Uh, can, you know, fuck up FTR in a match, but whatever. I, I like that Adam got a, 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 a fast win. Let's put it that way. What'd you think? Yeah, I was fine with it. It just didn't really mean that much. Like, it, where's his lawnmower at, man? <laughs> I want to see his lawnmower, his saddle, all the bottles of booze he bought. I want, I want the payoff. It's a good point. It's a very good point. I wanted to know all of his riches. Tell me what's in your fucking bank account, Adam Page. Damn it. All right. So we had a segment with the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer. Um, and basically, uh, he's addressing Sting. He talks about Sting being a legend. He says, there is no Murderhawk monster without the icon. 
Um, he's admitted this in, in lots of stuff. Sting was one of his favorite wrestlers. He was one of those guys that was like, Taker was his guy on Raw. Sting was his guy on on, um, on WCW. A lot of my friends were like that. My buddy Ellie and, and Reza, two brothers. Um, but anyways, Archer just talks about, he shows Sting's iconic baseball bat and says that uh, it used to mean something. And then it kind of just like stops. So we, it looks like we're going a direction with Lance Archer against Sting, Chris. Cinematic? Yeah, maybe at Darby Allen's weird farmhouse that they filmed those other vignettes at. I hope they go back to that. Remember when Murder Hawk was just killing people in Darby Allen's backyard? While, while Jake's smoking a cigarette in <laughs> <Yeah>. slow motion? <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to that to set up the match. And you can do it cin- cinematic. I mean, obviously, uh, Sting can still take a powerbomb just fine, as long as you don't launch him into the fucking corner with disregard for anyone's safety, Seth. <laughs> twice in a row <laughs> yeah so i i mean i don't know i mean sting only has to hit like five things right like if it's a brawl then you're gonna do something outdoors i really enjoyed that's i think that might be my like i said i mean the undertaker one is so undeniable uh because it's undertaker right but outside of that i think that was my favorite like cinematic type match with uh, him and Darby Darby throwing him the bat at the last minute sting. <laughs> it was very power Rangers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then sting started whipping ass. Like, so I think they can pull that off again. Um, especially with murder on my only problem is like, why would sting give a shit about this guy? He's never won any titles. Uh, he's not really feuding with, anyone that Sting would be, care about. Like, to me, Sting should be involved in this entire uh, Omega situation. But, you know. I, I would say the same thing about Cody Rhodes. Why is Cody Rhodes not involved in this if he's not going to tilt one way or the other? But maybe we'll find that out down the line. Maybe he's going to join the pinnacle. I think uh, his big thing, and they had an announcement, we'll just bring it up now, Cody and Brandy are going to be AEW's Ms. and Mrs. They're going to get a new reality show on 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 TNT. I'm 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 excited. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it. My wife, me and my wife will love this. We love dumb reality TV, so we'll definitely watch this. Our our Thursday nights are literally Florida Shore, so this is like right up our alley of dumb stuff to watch. Well, I'm happy for you guys. I probably will maybe check out an episode. I don't know if I'm bored. But uh, we get coming from the guy coming from the guy that watched a lot of Total Divas. (laughs) I checked out Total Divas. It's 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 entertaining. It's uh, I, I I liked also seeing. See, you know, I watched Total Bellas too, but then I started getting depressed about Daniel Bryan on it, and I'm glad that he came back to wrestling. Um. Weird yeah. seeing him and John Cena as like the spouses. I, really weird. Well, more depressing of John Cena. He's like, "Hey, I'll give you a baby," and she's like, "No, nah, it's over." <laughs> oh Lord. I hope so we gotta... come, I hope Nikki comes back as a heel at some point. All right, we can move along, but <laughs> I hope she comes oh, back. Oh, you good? You good? Hey, I, th- you know, Nikki's a good heel. Um, so we we went over last week's match: Thunder Rosa beating Britt Baker. And just more highlights, the unsanctioned lights-out match. 
We go live. Uh, Tony Schiavone introduces uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Baker comes out and talks about coming up short on last week's show. She brings up Mick Foley, giving her a thumbs up. She said it, it took him a lifetime to become a hardcore legend, and she did it one night. Baker claims Tony Khan is looking everywhere for the biggest legend when he's got one standing here under her no- or under his nose. She says she's not only made history last week, but she put AEW on the map. She says those three letters come second to the most epic three letters in pro wrestling, DMD. And, yeah, the fans still were chanting with her, even though she was definitely cutting a heel promo. And she slammed her mic into her best friend Tony Schiavone's chest and walked off. I loved hearing this is something this – is, this is one thing that, that bothers me, and WWE does this too. If you are someone that watches a lot of the stuff that happens outside of the main product, it's like they will go back and forth from being in character to the out of character. Now, on Busted Open, Britt Baker had you know, an interview, and she was totally healed the whole entire time, just ripping Dave LaGreca apart. But also, one of the funny things is says that, honestly, she's uh, best friends with Tony Schiavone, and she can't believe uh, that in her lifetime she would be sending back and forth text messages w- with him so that I thought that was cute. But she kept it very heelish. This promo was good. I liked it. I wish I didn't see the videotape of her coming back with Tony Khan basically like just like following her like a lost puppy, all excited and her bleeding out and like everyone giving her a standing ovation and her thanking everyone and being all emotional and then going to the doctor's table while taking out the thumbtacks and then saying to Tony, like, I hope that was a five star match. I hope I get a five star for that. It just took me out of it, man. I just, I mean, I understand you watch the backstage shit, but it's like she's on a fucking radio programming character, and then you're going to show this. It's like, I really wish that Britt went back there and just told everyone fucking off, and then it really would have escalated this promo. But I did see that side, so it's like the believability is taking a shift back. So, I don't know. That might just be me. I still like the promo. I love Britt Baker. We didn't get to talk about it last week, but she did put herself on the map, I will say that, with that match. Her and Thunder Rosa should be proud of themselves. So, do you know how to fix that situation that you're talking about? You turn Thunder Rosa heel, and she just fucking attacks her backstage when everybody's giving her props. She's like, I just won the fucking match, and you're you're giving this person props because they got their ass kicked? Like, the fuck are you on about? <laughs> That's what Taker would do. <laughs> Uh, I mean, in character, but yes, I agree with you. It is very dumb to have like, hey, you did a really good job because what it does is it it takes the suspension of disbelief away. It ruins what wrestling is supposed to be, which is yep. an outlet uh, for your mind. And, and 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 like people can be like, well, not everyone watches it that way. Well, I would say AEW's core audience that came over from All In and New Japan and the Bullet Club and the Elite are those people. Like, they have that. That is the core audience, the people that are going to go look online. You're not talking about WWE here. You don't have that, like, 50-year-old people that just tune in randomly to your show. You're talking about the 18 to 49 demographic that knows how the internet works. Um, So, like, I thought it was stupid. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I thought that match was fucking amazing. And I thought it made her a star. And then they put that shit on YouTube or Twitter or whatever, Instagram. And I was like, why? Because the great thing about Mick Foley is like even Terry Funk is selling Mick Foley's death. 
like as he's getting stretched, I was like, I think he might be dead. You know what I mean? Like that's what made it so great is like you literally thought this man was fucking dead. And he came back and still fought. You know, like that's and if you're not gonna turn a baby face after that, then what the fuck is the point? I, I I texted you, I was like, they just made a huge fucking star and then they fucked it up in one day. Like how how do you manage that? I don't know, man. I don't know. And sometimes I hate to say this. Certain things I think he's doing good. He's new to it. He's getting better. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know what the fuck the competition would have been, I guess, at that point. Because he has, like, one of the biggest shows. But him winning, what was it, promoter of the year? Or no, booker of the year. I don't mind promoter. That makes sense. Booker? Uh, You know, Tony's doing better, but... The whole like, oh my, it seems like he's playing with his fucking action figures when Britt Baker comes back and he's like, oh my god, you did so great, thank you so much, like, you're just, you're just greatest, and that was a great match, and yeah, Dave Metz was going to give me five stars, like, it was like, calm the fuck down, dude, just like when they gave him a live mic and he went out there and he's like, Kenny, I'm just going to, you just, you just fucked over my side alley, this side. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, dude, like, what is Butters fucking trying to cut promos? <laughs> He's looking for his bottom bitch now that Kenny Omega is Don Callis' bottom oh, bitch. Oh, Britt Baker, she's my bottom bitch. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> yeah, you can say bottom bitch. I think you can say bottom bitch, right? That's not... You can be any gender and be a bottom bitch, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I'm no, a bottom I'll, bitch. <laughs> I'm a, me too, buddy. That's why we do this show. No, <laughs> kidding. Uh, no, it's, it's fucking weird, man. I, like, Why? Like to me, that's one of the best things they've ever had on Dynamite. I, I don't know. I just didn't need the aftermath and like talking about how good the match. Because as soon as you start talking about how good the match was and equating it to other matches, it it breaks the disbelief of it. Like it to me, it just ruins what wrestling is supposed to be, which is like you're supposed to tune in and believe these two people are trying to kill each other, like Walter, like. If, if someone ever did this in the Walter match, I'd be so fucking pissed. Like, because he looks like he is trying you imagine, to murder the man. <laughs> could you imagine NXT UK after the match with him and Ilya Dragunov, Walter coming backstage, getting a, a big ovation, and like you know, one of the NXT UK guys just giving him so much praise, and Walter's like in the back, like getting worked on. He's like, "Do you think I'll get a five star match? Do you think that Metzler would care about it?" I hope I get the five star. Like I would, I would fucking bash my brains in with a goddamn baseball bat. You would love it more if you went the doctor, the doctor D method of just slapping the shit out of whoever asked him oh, that question, right? God, you know, like, like that's a dumbass question. I hated everything about that. I love the match, so I don't want to take anything about it. And I like Britt Baker as we've talked How about. How did you like the promo though? That, that like should be the promo, question. But she's not a heel now. She's not a heel. That that's the thing that made Mick fully a babyface. So now they're trying to position her as a heel again, and you can't. They're gonna you cheer can't. for her. You just watched her bleed on the mat and almost die in a match and get rolled to the back, and then the company owner come up and be like, That was a great job. She's not a heel anymore. Give it up, dude. <laughs> like you can't now Thunder Rosa is the heel. That's why I was saying like Thunder Rosa should have came back there and fucked her up in the backstage. Even if you wanted to do all the other stuff they wanted to do, Thunder Rosa should have just murdered her. Because, 
like Britt Baker is not a heel now. She'll never be a heel in the eyes of the fans when you do something like that. Someone that tried so hard and came short and bled, you know, bled blood, sweat, and tears. That's that's not a heel. That's not what a heel does. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I hated the promo, but it wasn't a bad promo. Like nothing she said was, you know, off key. It's just it's just kind of fucked up the way they went about it, I guess. Yep. D- disappointing is what I would say. Disappointing. And then I'm glad they used it too. Uh, Thunder Rosa, she was on um, the NWA pay-per-view and she lost to Camille. And one of the reasoning and a good reason for it, they had a good match too. If you guys want to go batch, uh, Nick Aldis also had a great match with um, Aaron Stevens. Almost forgot to mention that for the NWA title. But Thunder Rosa, she wasn't trying to make excuses on power, but she just basically said like, you know, they had a really fucking hard-hitting match and that definitely she can't not admit it but that definitely so they put her over as a baby face as as much as possible so yeah i don't know it's uh it's weird it's very weird but so so Walter versus thunder rosa fuck yeah dude let's do it fuck fuck walter versus okada i want i want walter versus thunder rosa we we want him against the best in the world. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking about best of the world, this is the, the guy that can outwork everyone, Mr. Christian Cage. I can't make that as a joke because I love Christian, but I mean, I, I think he's a great worker. Don't get me wrong, but that's the fucking thing you're going to go about with him. I mean, I don't know. I can't wait till he turns I, heel so I can actually start liking him again. I think the problem is they're not explaining what he means by outwork everyone. He means getting back into wrestling because he basically did the Rocky montage. He just worked out in his gym, like in a garage. Like he talked about this and I read about this. If he was heel, it would make a lot of sense. Like remember when Tommaso Ciampa was heel and he was calling himself the greatest in-ring entertainer? You know what I'm saying? Like I could see it, but – like I said, I think I, I I just think Christian's better as a heel than a babyface. Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't think what he's saying is what it's taken as because work yeah. means a lot in wrestling. I think he means like outwork in the gym and outperform, and I got myself back to this level so that I could be in wrestling again. Uh, but it, what's taken out is like outwork everybody. He's like, bro, you ain't outworking Champa, bro. <laughs> like. Yeah, that's a good point. And don't and this is nothing just for Christian fans. It's not a slight against Christian. I like Christian a lot. I think he is a good inner worker. And someone like I think it was either Bully Ray or, or Tommy Dreamer and also Jim Cornette said that Christian's in a class, he's a great worker, but it's 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 like a Bobby Eaton, which is a compliment. But, you know, someone that's ancillary great at pretty much everything can get you know but when it comes down to it, it's like putting him in the title picture has always been kinda hard, but then again, I mean, he's past NWA champion, past fucking world heavyweight champion. I There's nothing that you can take away from him. I just kind of misleading, especially if you didn't see all that stuff that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, he was great in Impact as the champion. I don't even think he ever actually lost the title in Impact because fuck finishes. But yeah, it's it's weird. I mean... We talked about this in the last episode. I was like, Christian's not that big of a deal in WWE because the only reason he won the title is because Edge retired. 
like it was like here's your Easter egg kind of thing, or like here's your uh, participation trophy. So I mean I don't know. They always treated Edge better, and Edge has got a better look, better character. Christian's Christian. I like Christian a lot. He's great in ring worker. Yep. All right. Well, he was giving advice to Dante Martin, the Varsity Blondes, for their match with FTR and Sean Spears later on when he got interrupted by one of my favorite workers, uh, Frankie Kazarian. And Frankie kind of, you know, mocked Christian's catchphrase, questioning when the work uh, part comes into play. And Christian was like, oh, we have a return to Cranky Frankie. And this set up a match for next week, which regardless where it goes, I think Frankie's going to lose. I'm telling you, dude. If you have a relationship with NWA, I really feel like it would actually help NWA out. Love to see Nick Aldis and Frankie Kazarian in the match. I'd love to see Frankie with that belt, honestly. But anyways, Frankie, Christian, looking forward to that fucking match, man. Uh, That should be a very well-worked match. Probably a little more old school, so maybe some of the younger guys that love the spots might not appreciate it, but I'm definitely looking forward to that next week. They picked the perfect opponent for Christian in his first match back. Frankie Kazarian's been nothing but money. Me and you have had him on our like all-star list when we talk about this show. Every time he's on the show, we're like, God damn, Frankie Kazarian's so good. So like, could you have picked a better opponent for Christian to beat? I mean, Christian's probably going to beat him. But I, who would who else would you pick? Because... Like he has a whole different storyline with that tag team thing, which is a that's a whole different conversation. That needs to be on the main product. Um, that's a whole different conversation for a different day. But Frankie Kazarian's been nothing but money since he showed up at A and W. That that he's been great. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, and that should be a damn good match. I think Frankie is a hell of a fucking worker, and I've said this a lot of times. Just watching him in the ring. And, I mean, I know from interviews, uh, he, he reminds me a lot, more so than anyone, I think, in the industry of Bret Hart, just being so good of going from spot to spot. And I'll say that he's faster, so that's even like a fuck. Like, he's an incredible worker, very <laughs> underrated. Uh, are, are you shitting on Bret Hart right now? <laughs> no, Bret, Bret's great, but Frankie's like, his speed, especially like when those X Division matches, are is pretty impressive. I, you know I don't care about Bret Hart. It was a joke. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the one thing I will say, there will be more spots in that match than you expect. They won't oh, be yeah. coming from Christian, though. Christian will just be catching Kazarian doing crazy shit. Definitely ex- agree with you. Ex- expect four big spots from Kazarian, and Christian catches him because he's a professional. All right, so we have that match with FTR and Sean Spears versus Varsity Blonde and uh, Dante Barton. I mean, it was it went the way that I think that most would assume it would. And, um, you know, FTR ended up winning. Uh, there was a comeback towards the end with Don- Deontay Martin, and it got stopped short by Dax with a uh, nice little brain buster. And then they won. And I think it's more important than the match itself um, is probably what happened afterwards. Um, So we would have... um, I'm sorry, I lost my place, guys. So after the match, 
Pinnacle hit the ring, uh, and they attack Brian Pillman Jr., uh, and everyone basically, Wardlow hits a big spot, and the commentators freak out. Tony Schiavone hits to the ring to talk to the group. Cash Wheeler says the Pinnacle are family. I really like this promo from Cash Wheeler, just talking about how he doesn't have a wife and kids. So right now, along with Dax and Tully, this is his family. Wrestling is his life. Dax Howard tells Shivani to hold the mic for him. He addresses Santana Ortiz, claims to know there isn't a grain of salt in their body. He talks about the marquee in AEW saying professional wrestling. And if you want to find out where you stand to face them, so we're setting up, which we knew was going to happen, but seriously, dude, FTR and Santana Ortiz should be awesome. MJF addresses Chris Jericho. He says he used to come out and break the walls down. Now he just breaks uh, whichever chair he chooses to sit on. He dares Chris Jericho to grab all his boys and come out here right now. He says he knows he won't because they are terrified. Shivani tells MJF that he knows they're hurt. He continues to talk but stops dead in his tracks when MJF turns and looks at him with a serious face. He asks if there's something Tony wants to say. Tony says, never mind. MJF smacks him lightly and says he thought so. He says, when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. They do uh, the their hand sign and their unified like little group thing, and that was it. Um, and I'm liking this. I'm, I, I'm glad that they are waiting. They're not just jumping in to Undisputed Era showing up and just wrecking house, you know, they're, they're, they're allowing, or not the Undisputed Era, the, the, wow, the Inner Circle, I always do that, anyways, the Inner Circle to come in, and, you know, they're, they're, they're marinating, this is good, um, yeah, actually, I have, I, I don't really have any issues, and I think it was good that Sean Spears got the, was the one who actually inevitably got the pin, he needs something, we need to see, show more of him, maybe even give him a fucking mic, because if not, I don't think his worth is going to go up. MJF was on um, Busted Open, kind of really putting him over um, while saying some terrible things about Dave LaGreca's wife. Very, very rude. He's a very rude man, Chris. <laughs> um, so I like this. The only problem is the name The Pinnacle to me because they don't hold any titles. Yeah. How are you the pinnacle of anything if you've been beaten by everybody? So, like, you're the pinnacle of screwing over the inner circle, I guess? I I just hate the name of the group, I guess, more than anything else. Promo's fine. I love the group. I like everything involved with this group. I hate the name. Uh, if you're going to do the name, they should all be holding titles, right? Um You know, if you're going to challenge a tag team, why would you not challenge the best friends since they whipped the shit out of Santino and Ortiz in that street fight? If we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, Santi- when's the last time they won a match? LAX. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so, I mean, like, picking on them is kind of this is the whole thing is they've set up a mid card um, feud between two groups that have no titles and none of them want to go after the titles. It's just weird to me. Uh, I would, I would say maybe you should have had Chris Jericho and um, 
MJF win the, the tag team belts and then split groups that way. And then uh, maybe put a tag team tournament on or they have to defend together when they hate each other or do something else. But I, like from a storyline standpoint, does it make any sense? Like, especially FTR, they should have a rematch rematch clause. They lost the titles. <laughs> they haven't yeah. been beaten, beaten by anyone else. Why would they not go after the young bucks? Why, why do they care about, and it also makes Tully look stupid. It's like, well, why are we not just directly going after the titles again? We're going to have to pride and powerful because of MJF. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm overthinking it, but I think it's kind of dumb. I but think people pro- are right. I think that it's probably going to end up with Inner Circle coming back and challenging them to a War Games match. And they're going to do it, the Blood and Guts match, with the two teams. And that will probably be the blow-off. They'll probably have some singles matches to build up to that. You know, one with FTR against them, and then this and this. Probably interference will happen. Well, no, never mind. It's AEW. They don't do that. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then hopefully from there, you can get them actually in title things. The only problem is they realize there's five of them. So they're not getting all the titles no matter what. Because one of them is going to be fucked in the corner. Unless they get the FTW championship, I guess, from fucking Brian Cage. Well, I mean, they don't need all the titles, but they need some of the titles to call themselves the pinnacle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, like the right? foundation in Ring of Honor is the foundation <laughs> because they usually have most of the belts. <laughs> same, same thing with Undisputed Error. That's the, well, the horsemen, obviously, or the horsemen. You, you need the belts. You can't just start a group. Like, I wouldn't be scared of MJF's group if I was, uh, let's say, Darby Allen. He's like, well, I already beat like half of your fucking group anyways and I'm the TNT champion and you guys aren't even in the running so I, I mean point. I mean the problem is is like they told us it was going to be win loss based for this and then they just throw random stuff in here and it's very New Japan uh, which or is they fine. build someone's record on their YouTube show instead of having anything happen on the fucking yep. televised show yeah, Sean Spears should have a title shot at this point. What is it, like 23-3? and three, And he only loses when he's on TV or something? <laughs> so dumb. I mean, I mean, come on. Try harder. I mean, you know, MJF can only do so much. FTR is there, but, like, I would... I mean, I'm going to look forward to them, him, them having a match with Pride and Powerful just because that is a dream matchup. That'll be a great match, right? But why would they not still be chasing the titles? They just lost them. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. We'll have to. We'll have to wait and see. God, like damn I it. said, like like <laughs> I said, they haven't announced it yet. But I know the Crockett Cup's coming up, and that's another, you know, NWA crossover. I'd love to see those two with Tully in their corner, FTR in the tournament, and possibly even win the titles. Um, I, I would love them boys to win the title just because of fuck you to all of the rest of wrestling. <laughs> that's fine. I told Where, you, if it came down to the Briscoes against fucking FDR, that would be an awesome match. Didn't they uh, Didn't they lose in, to the Rockers or something in the last NWA one? Uh, Rock and Roll Express, you mean? Yeah, Yeah, Rock, Rock, the Rock and Roll Express, not the Rockers, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Shawn Michaels is on my mind. Isn't that what happened? They like made their way all the way through the tournament and then sold to a 175-year-old. Yeah. Uh, NWA. 
Am I right? <laughs> All right, so we had a message from Taz. The human uh, suplex machine was talking about that there was no issues within their group and that Brian Cage, the FTW champion, apologized to them and Ricky Starks for signaling him out. And uh, you see Brian Cage like just looking at Taz like, I didn't fucking say that. And then when he's finally like, oh, do you want to say something? He says, who's better? Just to let you guys know, because I've seen this online, the reason, and I don't know if you really should work it in, because no one fucking knows this small information. Brian Cage says who better, because his best friend and mentor was Chris Canyon. He trained him, so he does that as a little homage, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I really would love Brian Cage to split off from this, and I'd love to see him as a baby face. Even take the title and throw it at Taz, say, keep it, I don't fucking need it, put on someone else. Like, I think that would be good. And also, a first feud with him, not so much Ricky, but I'd love to see two big men slap and meet with him and um, Powerhouse Hobbs come out of this. Yes, and and I've talked about this tag team forever. I don't know how it's not obvious in this division of very small people, Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. Just murder division. Because you're going to need someone to go against uh, the Good Brothers at some point, right? Hopefully, well, that's it looks it looks like he's not going to be with them anymore, though. Yeah, but why? They have so many of these guys. Like, <sighs> Dane, tell me how to book all of these guys. I'm going to name them off: Wardlow, uh, Hager, Miro, um, <laughs> Hobbs, Cage. Archer. How do you book Archer? How do you book seven monsters? Someone said this. And I kind of agree. You have it as a prop. Why not make FTW or the Fuck the World title more so the big man title, if you will? Well, then why don't you call it the ultra heavyweight title? Because they've done that in the past. Well, I mean, it's I don't think Tony Khan is a fucking mark, man. He's not going to change the name of it. That's like I, a title this... that he loves from his childhood. This is this was the thing I said about bringing in Miro and, and certain people in the past. What are you going to do with them? Because you're not pushing the big people the way you should necessarily. So we're in the same spot, and now you have like seven of them. So I don't know. And Wardlow is like kind of the guy I think could be a star out of all of them, and and he's yep. just kind of in the background because he's new and fresh. I, I I know people love like Miro and and Rusev. Uh, I think there's more upside on someone like Wardlow you haven't seen a lot of. I think in a singles division, I'd rather put faith into Wardlow and Brian Cage over fucking uh, Rusev. I don't care. I really don't. About anything that's happened with Rusev, to me, he's killed a lot of his... Uh, a lot of things I liked about him, and it's not stopping. And Next the- week, it's going to be a video game basher match with... <laughs> Kip Sabian and fucking Rusev or Miro, whatever the fuck his name is. God damn it. I mean, if he kills everyone in that match, it's fine. And then he just kills some people backstage for no reason. You have to make this guy a monster. I mean, the Lance Archer is the uh, the monster of the like the company, right? Draw the line. So, like, you need the next monster to demolish people to take on said monster, I guess. And, like, right now, Miro's playing fucking video games, and, like, 
I'm sorry that your wife got hurt. Like it's it's fucking weird. Uh, also, I you know I wasn't as high as Rusev on on Rusev as other people. Me, but yeah. <laughs> Well, other people, you're like me. <laughs> I think he's a good wrestler, but I mean, I don't know. He's kind of limited, and like Brian Cage is a better person to put in that position if you want to push someone to have like a demolishing streak. You brought him in with a demolishing streak, like he won that ladder match, and then you just had him lose. <laughs> so with, with Rusev or Miro, my thing is, like I know it's money that it costs to get fucking wrestlers. But if you're going to buy the rights to the Pixies, where's my mind to be Orange Cassidy's theme music, which I like, or Jungle Boy having um, whatever the fuck the name of that song is, Tarzan Boy, as his theme music. Maybe see if Aided English will take a paycheck and put him and fucking Miro back together. Since that's did they, the, did they change that, Orange Cassidy's music? Is it Where Is My Mind Now? Yeah, that was just premiered uh, at that Monday show, I believe. It's now oh. Where's My Mind from the Pixies. Uh, well, damn, I missed that. Uh, that's a Taz thing. He's like, getting important music will make people watch your stuff. Like when Sandman comes out to enter the Sandman. I get it. But like for Orange Cassidy, why? Where is my mind? I, I don't know. I get it. But that's, I mean, that's cool they're doing that. Especially, well, here's I'm just the saying they thing. have a big fucking, they have a big bank account. <laughs> yeah, they have a big bank account, but how long are they buying these songs for? Because are we going to end up in like five years when we're watching the uh, AW Network and it's just that <laughs> that stock DDP music <laughs> that oh, they play? Because <laughs> I mean, where is my mind? Is is a pretty goddamn popular song that's on a very, very famous movie, so I can't imagine how much they paid for that and how they convinced Tony Khan to pay for that. I would have to assume. I If it cost that little, I would have bought it for myself, just so, like, every time I walk in the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have to think that that costs some pretty pennies. Like, them getting Tom Waits's version of like old, old 55 like that's not you know that's not a very popular song not a lot of people know it most people know the eagles version of that song so like that one makes sense but like where is my mind that's on fight club <laughs> like <laughs> it's a very goddamn popular song yep dude i hope that they like get smells like teen spirit for ddp then if he's gonna come out of that well, let's talk about DDP's little buddy, the one that he bestowed the diamond cutter on. Mr. QT Marshall uh, was getting interviewed and explained why his problems were the way they were with women and the, uh, the, the Cody Club, um, the Nightmare Family. <laughs> the Cody Club? What the fuck? So I, I will I say, mean, it, no, you're not wrong. It is the Cody Club. The nightmare. There's no nightmares in that family outside of maybe Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, uh, Tony's giving him shit for how he's been acting, and QT says being friends with Cody, you know, it has his benefits. Uh, he points out his wife in the crowd and says uh, he's living his dream, and his wife gets to see it. Talks about throwing some bones, listing a few accomplishments, but then says there's a ton of stuff. We don't see 
such uh, as making sure Cody's coffee is hot and his T-shirts are right. He talks about Cody then going to sleep with his wife at the Marriott while his wife sleeps alone while he's working into the night. Uh, QT claims no matter what he does, he'll always be that footnote of being Cody's friend. Fans start chanting Cody's friend over and over again. QT is smart enough to let them pick up and address them. Um, and he just informs us that he's unhappy, unhappy, you know, doing a blunt of the work, training a lot of the people, and Cody gets more credit than him. And Cody takes off his headset. He comes out. He's selling his arm, which is good, you know, from the thing that happened with Pentagon the week previous, like that. Uh, and he's basically trying to talk him off the ledge and says, look, we're going to have, and I really don't know what the fuck this means, like a, like an exhibition match. And um, Arn Anderson is going to be the referee. Uh, he's going to try and beat him. He tells him to please understand he's going to do all he can not to. Uh, if he goes for a crossroads, he's not going to hit it. He's going to show that he can beat him. Um, and if QT can beat him, great. And people are sh- shouting Cody's friend over and over again. And Cody asks him to stop. Um, he shakes uh, QT shakes Cody's hand and tells Tony to wrap this up. And that was it. And uh, I thought QT was good in the mic. I thought that he cut a pretty good promo. I just don't know if I care about this whole situation. I want to get to the point where QT jumps off of this and is able to do his own thing. I'm not really looking forward to whatever scrimmage match they have where you don't finish the person. Not quite sure how the fuck that works. So I feel like Dustin Rhodes is going to be at ringside and QT is going to start cheating midway through this match and Dustin is just going to drop him on his fucking head with the DDT and toss him in the ring. It's a very good and, possibility. And that's the feud. I mean, that's what they're building, which I'm fine with. Like I said, I think that's a good mid-card feud. Um, <laughs> more, of the, more of the thing that someone should ask Cody is like, Hey, are you cool with just Impact just showing up on your show every week and then just leaving every week? <laughs> like, how is this not addressed? <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it it's it, My suspension of disbelief is broken every time Cody doesn't show up when, like, 17 people from Impact show up. <laughs> like, he yelled at Taz, damn it. If you're going to yell at Taz, you might as well yell at these guys or do something. I... So his arms hurt, so I'm assuming QT Marshall will be getting the better of him, and then Cody will make his comeback, and then, you know, you'll get QT cheating. Because he's like, I can't get beat by a guy with one arm. And then uh, Goldust will see it, or Dustin Rhodes, and give him a DDT, probably like one of those leveraged DDTs, the outside or something, and then toss him at the ring, and then Cody will hit him with a crossroads. That's your your finish. Sorry, spoiler alerts, that's what's going to happen. I can see that. And I like UT Marshall as a wrestler, and I'm glad that he was able to show that he can cut a promo. So this will be an interesting uh, situation. But like I said, I'm more looking forward to seeing what he can do outside of the Nightmare family after it's all said and done than so much this buildup. Maybe he'll come out with Diamond Dallas Page, and maybe they'll play Nirvana, smell like Teen Spirit. Tony's got the money, Chris. <laughs> Maybe, well, maybe he will come out with people that are former from the Nightmare family, and we can get another uh, family versus family match. Who knows? He's like, or they can do they could do Family Feud like TNA did back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, we'll hang some a bunch of shit from the rings and 
see what happens. <laughs> There's a chainsaw up there. Abyss shows up and just murders everyone. <laughs> see, yeah, that's 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 what I'm talking about. Right there. Um one thing that was kind of interesting, someone brought up, it was a question towards one of the major podcasts, but a suggestion, fancy booking. What if it gets to the point, actually, I think Brian Last might have brought this up to, yeah, actually, it was Brian Last talking to Jim about this. What if it gets to a point where Kenny keeps on fucking with it, Don Callis keeps on coming around with the good brothers, there's lots of stuff with Kenny just being a problem. And to get around the stipulation that Cody made, which was ridiculous anyways to begin with, Tony Khan says, hey, I I don't care what the fuck stipulation you made in the past. You need to beat Kenny to get that title back to us and get rid of these impact guys. Because the thing about Kenny with the title is, eventually when he does lose it, I don't think it's going to be Adam Page anymore. So in that scenario, you get out of that clause and then you can have mjf afterwards say cody you fucking lied you're full of shit and then position them back at a feud against each other for mjf to try to get that title from cody he's not wrong and also i recommended this like a year ago whenever they whenever they had him drop the title do you remember me having the same conversation with you of like well this is how you get out of it is tony khan says I need you to save my company. I didn't know at the time the impact would be involved or all these other things. I just thought those factions would gather up against, you know, NWO style versus WCW, for instance. I need you to save the company, which is basically what Sting was. And I thought that's what they were positioning Cody as. Um, well, he wins the title, goes against MJF, and then it's basically their horsemen versus their Sting, if you will. Yeah, it's 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 or dusty. It's it's still the same thing. I mean, that's just smart booking. I mean, who doesn't want to see Cody versus MJF for the title or or, or Kenny or MJF. or Kenny versus yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be good. I mean, the one thing I would like in between there is Eddie Kingston to have a ring. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Man, that guy deserves the title just based on promos alone in DMX hoodies. That's how you, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in all that. Especially, I don't know. The idea that Kenny is such a problem and causing all this, you know, chaos and finally... That being the reason, I think that that was a smart idea from you, and I think this is a smart idea to get the belt on Cody. Because do we really want? I know he's the executive. Who gives a fuck? Kenny is one of the fucking head people too. You know, I want to see Cody with the damn title. I don't want to see him just with the TNT title. And I was really annoyed when he had the title, just like it seemed like Moxley was, that he basically tried to say TNT title was on the same level as the fucking World Heavyweight title. No, it's not. That's the fucking major title in your company. And I eventually would like to see Cody. Cody is arguably, would you say, one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name, out of AEW? Not now, but like six months ago, yeah, easily. 
I mean, here's the thing about Cody, because they've drugged this storyline on where he can only do the TNT title and they pushed him on the big show and stuff. I feel like that kind of thing turns wrestling fans off a lot. And I could be wrong on this. Maybe I'm completely wrong and people really love Cody. And he's had good matches and stuff. But are you super behind Cody the same way you were behind him when he beat Wardlow and that he hit that moonsault and Wardlow saved his life? And then you showed up bleeding and cut that promo. Are you the same amount behind him as you were then? No. Are you more but behind I will Darby say, Allen now? Yeah. Throwing that bat to sting. Okay. Well, there you go. That's that. That's the answer. Is like, who are you more behind? If you if you look at it from like a, just a fan base, like Orange Cassidy, for instance, he's went through more shit than Cody. Like, who are you more behind when you look at the baby faces? Like Cody's just kind of. He's not done anything. He has Arn in his back pocket, and you don't know if he's a heel or a babyface. He doesn't address the situation that happens. He addresses Taz, but he doesn't address these people just interrupting his fucking show. Like to me, like Cody's kind of looks like a goof right now. Maybe that's just me, but like I think he looks like a fucking no. goof. <laughs> I completely agree with you. But you know what's one thing that can get him back over into the top? Him having an excellent match with Kenny Omega beating him and being bloodied from that match with the title, getting all emotional because we know Cody has that in his fucking genetics and being at the top of the company and being able to be the guy that finally beats Omega and then having now what was considered at one point and what should be your top baby face going against MJF, your top heel with Kenny still being a part of that. You know, at that point, Kenny might still be the triple a impact TNE champion. So he still has a fucking, you know, clout. So I don't know. I, I think this is a, I think that would be a really good direction. That's a smart way to go, I think. You could you could do that, but you also could bring in like Tony gets a hired gun from New Japan, like Naito, and he beats Kenny and he does the yep. wink. <laughs> you know, and then like he runs wild <laughs> and then you're like, Cody, I need you to be you're part of this company. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. They've built Cody in such a weird way and I know it's part partly because of his schedule and and uh, maybe they shouldn't have had him do this thing but I'm, like, I'm sure I'm sure you think too that there's one thing if he were to do it he can get himself out of that fucking hole you know it's just about them pushing him to that level it, it all depends on the uh, whoever the GM is because the GM has to be like look I know you said you're never going to fight for the title again but I need you right now and I don't know that Tony Khan is that guy based on that spastic-ass promo we heard. <laughs> so, oh, come on, Kenny! You just screw him over! And you just give it out! Yeah. Maybe they get Sylvester Stallone to be the GM of AW. Hey, uh, let me know how you go. Yes. Where are you about to wear heavyweight titles in AEW? You, know, you got to fight you know, for it. Like I do but, with Rock. Yeah, the benefit of that would be you get like a cool montage of Cody working out, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I I thought that they were gonna do that with Tony, but I guess not. I mean, I think they're teasing it, but like, who is Tony's guy? I would love it. I would love nothing more, because Raven was kind of the the guy in WCW that could have won like any of the titles, but he just didn't care. So, like, Eddie Kingston is kind of that guy. So, Eddie Kingston winning it and not having any affiliation with any of it and just being 
Like, I'm glad you guys hired me, got the belt, I'm out. Like, that would be great. Um, yeah. So hopefully he's the guy. Because, I mean, like, do you really want to hear, like, I don't know. I, name or a I'll promo. just say, your, your idea, man, if you hear the music that starts off our show, show up. Um, so you bring, yeah, yeah, bring in the man that makes money. Yeah. Rain's money. I would love if he showed up on the show and the teaser was that the Young Bucks, when they did their gimmick, no money fell. And then he came out and all the money fell. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be the great, that would be a great, like, little nerd teaser. It's like, oh my god, oh god, is coming. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. We had that AEW trios match. Um, or no, 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 another trios match, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, Young Bucks, Brandon Cutler going against Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers. Uh, I like seeing Laredo Kid show up. The ex, well, he went against Kenny for the AAA World Heavyweight Championship, but he's the current Cruiserweight Champion, I believe, in AAA. But this is a good match. I mean, this was very, very, as I should say, sporty. Um, there was one guy that was not like the other, though. Oh, I'll say that. You got the Young Bucks, you got Laredo Kid, you got the Lucha Bros, and then Brandon Cutler. But that would be addressed, I feel like, shortly uh, afterwards. But, um... Wait, wait, hold on. Why was Laredo Kid there when they have the bastard named Pac? I think it was something where Pac couldn't make it or some sh- uh, he was actually put there um to fill in like something i don't i don't know if pox injured or anything like that but it was like a last okay. minute thing yeah okay so the original plan was that though right death triangle or what what they call their shells Death triangle yeah yeah so the original plan was death triangle versus whatever the young box could find basically brandon okay. cutler in the bucks <laughs> okay all right i'm just making sure because i saw this match and i had no idea why like the bastard Pac was in there it was like he just didn't him and the young bucks just have like a little scrum in one of the, the ray phoenix match where phoenix went over uh nick right like maybe I not don't... last week but the week before ray phoenix went over one of the bucks i can't remember which one it was matt. it could be matt or nick yeah and uh, they had that little scrum on the outside, so I just assumed he would be here. And then I watched this, like, I mean, nothing, nothing against the team that was there, and it was a good match. I was just very confused because there was no explanation of why uh, the bastard Pac wasn't there. Yeah, I had a look into it, but either he got, like, I knew that he was a replacement. I think Pac either tweaked something, and they were just letting him lay low for a week. Or he had to maybe go back to the UK and he's coming back, so this is in between. Um, I forgot exactly, but uh, he's I mean, on the that Brock Lesnar schedule. <laughs> he just wrestle whenever you want to, I guess. Dude, he's like a five foot two Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Talk about someone yeah. that you wish could be an actor. He could play fucking Wolverine. My lord. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, I love him. That's why I was so sad when he wasn't in this match. You know how much better this match would have been if he was there. Like, yeah. This was a good match, but him, it would have amplified it. Like, well, I was in that case, so I wish sad. that Pop could have replaced Brandon Cutler somehow in this scenario. Um, <laughs> well, that's the Young Bucks friend, man. You can't say stuff like that. 
Oh yeah, I forgot. But the the whole thing was Cutler ended up getting tagged in. Uh, he hit his springboard uh, elbow for a near fall. Penta broke it up. Uh, hits a, a, a Spanish fly on the four. And uh, yeah, uh, whatchamacallit, Brandon Cutler would get put back in the ring and pinned. So he costs them. Kenny Omega comes down there. He's pissed off. Um, he he uh, attacks the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid with the microphone. He then gets on the microphone and talks to Young Bucks, who are kind of pissed off that he's there attacking people, kind of stopping him from attacking their... Talks about remembering Fighter Fest 2019. Talks about all the players from that night being there. Uh, he brings up, considering the Young Bucks friends, uh, damn near family, actually, is what Kenny says. Omega continues to talk about how they chose to make this the better wrestling promotion, how he didn't go to New York, how he didn't stay in a place where he had built a lot of recognition uh, across seas. Uh, and hold, hold on. What? <laughs> Huh? Kenny Omega built a rec- recognition. It wasn't Okada at all. It, I don't know. I just that deserved a Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? I he's probably just being a heel. But uh, my favorite part is that you'd rather sit in the high school cafeteria with the cool kids and a captain of the football team you chose, and Brandon Cutler. He says he chose them, and they never chose him back. He says that. Mr. Callis can be a little abrasive, but he's going to give them one more chance to join him. He puts up the two sweet gesture. He says, toss it up and asks if they uh, are with him. He says, it's now or never. Omega says he doesn't agree with everything Don has said, but look at you guys. They chose Cutler over him. He says, stand with him now. This is their last chance. They turn their backs and leave, and then Omega just berates them. He says uh, he is done with them. He turns around, and boom! Great stereo super kicks from the Lucha Brothers, followed up by a top rope high spot and mic shot from Laredo Kid. Don Callis hides behind Rick Knox as Omega is laid out. The Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid exit up the ring. Uh, the Good Brothers come down and check on Omega a little bit too late, and that is it. Uh, and uh, they kicked them enough where it looked like Kenny was bleeding from the mouth a little bit. Yeah, Penda's got to get his shit in. (laughs) (laughs) Safe? Um, I don't speak safe. Um, So this entire thing was weird. Like I said, with the beginning of this match and who was involved in it. But so, all right, let me try to understand this. The Young Bucks... Sorry, a helicopter. Uh, the Young Bucks chose to not join Kenny, but they're by themselves because Cody can't decide what he wants to do with the Nightmare family, but they're also not part of the Nightmare family. And then now they have to fight Kenny's group? Like, I... Explain this to me, Dane. Explain this. Dave Meltzer me on this one. Shay and she, uh, based on all the uh, evaluations in this, and I remember about, I think it was 1992, I saw a match with 
It was in a, it wasn't Indonesia. It was, was I, I believe Japan. Hold on one second, Brian. I, I'm still trying to talk. Um, anyways, uh, I'll get. <laughs> but he, so yeah, you get what I'm saying. It, what are the yeah, what yeah. are these factions? <laughs> what did Kenny's basically saying? Kenny's basically saying, you know, oh, you guys are going to do a three-way match, three-on-three, and you didn't even ask me to fucking join you. Instead, you're going to pick, you know, Brandon Cutler. Like, think about all the history of us and think about everything in the past. And, you know, obviously the thing is, Kenny's acting like a fucking asshole. He's acting like a jerk. Like, the Young Bucks are completely turned off from what he's been doing, beating up people after matches and just Don Callis in general, who's been... Just poking at the bear, if you will, and fucking with them, and you know that's. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that's that's the uh, that's the look of it, if you will. And then the fact they left with Brandon and were not going to stay with with Kenny, and I guess he's got the good brother, so that's that's it. Um, but yeah, yeah, but there's like seven feuds happening in the mass. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Hey, if this leads to a makeshift wrestling match on Dynamite between Penta and Kenny again, I'm down for it. I don't fuck. Yeah, care. I mean, yeah, we're fine if it's Penta versus Kenny. We're okay with that. Um, what if uh, what if Nakamura's contract is about to run up? Oh man, I love that. <laughs> and he just shows up, and the Bullet Club's like, "Which one do we choose?" He's the original guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, Jay Cargill. She's that bitch. A little promo. Cargill uh, shown um, talking to the camera as highlights of her action in AW thus far as shown. She dresses red velvet and talks about looking like money, sounding like money, and looking good while she's doing it. And tells red velvet she is coming for her and tells her to remember that she is that bitch. And then we had, like I said, the announcement about the television show from Cody and Brandy. Any comments about Jay Cargill before we get on to the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley promo? So, so Cargill, did they just lock in a room and, like, here's some 80s wrestling promos, flex, and then hit the 80s wrestling promos? And then if that's what they were going for, perfect. Like, that was pretty good. I thought she's pretty good. <laughs> I just think that we need a cross-brand wrestling match with Camille and Jay Cargill. I want to see those two ladies stack up <laughs> next to each other like like fucking uh, Jackie and China but back in the day. I thought you said Camilla for a second. Like. No, Camille. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I was like, that's a different match. <laughs> Couple haters. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so Kingston, John Moxley, they address the AW tag division. Uh, Kingston's backstage with his leg in a cast and propped up as he is seated and talking off camera, talking to the camera, I should say. Kingston talks about being attacked by the Good Brothers and company on last week's show as he continues to address Doc Gallows and Carly Anderson. Um, he gets up and he can barely stand, so John Moxley hits it. Joins Kingston and talks to the camera about the Good Brothers, asking if they realize the beast they have just woken up. He questions if they are willing to go as far as they are. Uh, he brings, he then brings up the Young Bucks. Box says he doesn't like the Young Bucks. Kingston asks 
what their deal is with the games they play. Mox says he's an into it. They tell everyone that they are coming. So Moxley and Kingston, I mean, the only problem is this. There's too much fucking com- – I can't believe I'm saying this. There's too much competition at the top level in the tag division for me to think that Kingston and Moxley are going to take the titles from the Young Bucks. Um, I mean, yeah, they could, but it's like, I don't know. We'll see what what happens with them and the Good Brothers, because obviously we're not done with that. But uh, it, Kingston's selling his leg, which is good, because they pelmanized it, but how long is that going to keep him out, though, in, in theory, quote-unquote, kayfabe? Well, oh, it, they lost the Impact titles, right? So this is just a non-title tag match, right? Headed yep. up. So, I mean, they're going to beat them, and then I would assume that, like, Moxley gets taken out or something by uh, this crew from Impact, whatever the crew may be. Maybe Ego, Ethan Page, um, added to this group now that he's not <laughs> a part of Impact. Um, uh, I, I, could see, uh, I could see, like, you know... Eddie Kingston be left all by himself and getting a roll-up pin or something. They underestimate him. He gets the title that way and then has to fend off like six people. And then that's when you get your Sting involved or your Darby Allen involved. Because, I mean, like, who is a bigger babyface than Eddie Kingston at this point? I mean, he did he did lay on top of a bomb. <laughs> for. <laughs> I can't even get it out. I mean, it's it was so it would have been so good if the ring blowed up, you know. Like, uh, no, but maybe like, they should have had the fiend come out of the middle of the ring and just grab him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be worse. I heard they're gonna do some exploding thing at WrestleMania. We'll see if that happens, but just to prove that they can do it. Uh, man, no, all jokes aside, like. Man, such a weird scenario. They they have so many toss ups. Like, who who is the person going after Omega right now? I mean, it's obviously like Moxley is the guy, but he's about to be gone in one month, so he's not gonna have the title. It's got to be Kingston. Kingston's got to be the guy to get carry the title, unless you're gonna put it on Stang. <laughs> got to be Stang. I don't know, man. There seems like several options they can go with that, so it's very interesting. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, I guess. I don't how know. hard How hard would you pop if Stang just put Kitty Omega in a stinger deathlock and won the title? As long as if he, as long as he doesn't fucking fall over, I would be happy as shit. But I'm not gonna <laughs> hope for anything. He hits like three stinger splashes and put it in the stinger deathlock, and that's the match. I would pop so hard. I know, like, I know it wouldn't be that good of a wrestling match, but I would be so hyped if he won. <laughs> it probably won't ever happen, but I would be so hyped if he won the AEW Heavyweight Title. Just so, <laughs> you know, Impact, WCW, because <laughs> he's never going to get the WWE one, obviously. But I, I would love that. He doesn't need it. All right, so we had Ty Conti, Nyla Rose. Um, I would say this is egregious, but this is on the same night that fucking L.A. Knight lost to Bronson Reed, and we'll get into that. Um, 
I think Nala Rose should be booked way better than this. I like Ty Conti. I like the fact that she does have that Brazilian BJJ, you know, uh, background, and she's legitimate. She's an actual ex, like fighter and stuff like that. But I don't know. If she should have fucking beat Nyla. Um, man, still Ty Conti is very, very stiff. But anyways, Nyla went for the beast bomb, but Conti reversed it. Conti hit a running knee to Rose in the corner. She gets. The hammer lock and hits her DDT, which looks really good, and actually gets cover and wins. Were you? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, Chris. You tell me. Who did Nyla piss off? <laughs> I don't know. She was she was in the finals for the women's tournament, and she just lost to Ty Conti. Think about that. That shakes up your entire women's division. You you booked that. It's it's dumb. I don't understand. And I'm not a huge fan of any like any of the people in this match, really, if I'm being honest. But uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense to have your monster lose here. It's kind of dumb. So once the match ended, um, all hell broke loose. Uh, Vicky Rail grabbed Conti's leg. Conti fights off, but Rose gets her. This leads to Kiroshida hitting the ring to make the save. However, the buddy comes out, and the numbers game is too much for her. Matt Hardy comes out and talks about his clients and said that it was ridiculously unfair that Bunny wasn't even in the tournament uh, and that she will get, you know, that the Bunny will get the better of Sheeta sometime soon in the future, basically. So the Bunny, the Bunny is Allison K, right? Um, what the hell's her name? No, it's, uh, yeah, Allison, it's Allie. Okay, yeah. And Allie's a good wrestler. She's been, she's been wrestling for a long time. She's been a valet now in AW pretty much the whole duration since she showed up with the Butcher and the Blade. But Allie's an ex-Impact Women's Champion. You know, she's not bad in the ring. It just, uh, I like that aspect of giving her a little bit of a spotlight. I don't give a shit about Hikaru Shida as a champion anymore. I'm sorry. It's done for me, and I don't understand why Nyla Rose lost, and she needs Vicky Guerrero to beat up the person that she lost to. Do you think that they just tried to make a better Asuka, and it just failed? Because it seems like that's what Probably. they were for. And it's like, well, I mean, it helps when the rest in an XT, you know, like when Asuka was, was trucking through people, there, there were good-ass wrestlers there. Um, but I, you know, I like some of the stuff they, they did recently, especially with Burt Baker. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Allie, I, why, I guess, I mean, I don't know. Why is this highlighted? Burt Baker just got her shit destroyed. Just have a promo of her right here instead to elevate your women's division and talk about how you need to go watch them on YouTube. Cause that's where they put most of their women's matches on apparently. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, it's true. <laughs> like, you know, like, what? Why? Why would I care about this tag match? I don't. It's just random people thrown together. This is WWE shit, and I would say the same thing about WWE or NXT. It's just a bunch of people thrown together, and here's a tag match. It would be better if you just had a promo where, like, Britt Baker was like, "I'm hurt right now, but next week on Monday it was Elevation or whatever. On Elevation, I'm gonna take on." name a random person and I'm going to whip their ass 
Like that would be better than what they did. And for the women's division, they could use that. But at least we would get that next with Scorpio Sky. We had before that a little promo video talking about the arcade anarchy uh, mayhem match. I don't really care. But Scorpio Sky um, talking about being underrated and going against Mike Sedell on Elevation. And uh, he basically said that he's going to destroy him. And if Matt wants to get involved at the end of it to bring it on, uh, he claims uh, he isn't showing a new side, just one we haven't seen yet. He claims humility just led to being uh, underrated. He says his days of being underrated are over and that he will basically uh, prove that when he destroys Mike Seidel on AEW Dark Elevation. Good promo for your Monday show on YouTube. Good setup. I'm sure this will be where he does destroy Mike and then, you know, you'll have a nice uh, match between him and Matt. Should be a good match. But in general, I don't want Scorpio Sky to be the king of your YouTube content. I mean, he had a great match with Darby Allen where he lost, had a great heel turn. Can we do something with that? Or we're we just going to fucking waste him on the YouTube stuff? I don't know. That's my biggest thing. Do you think they're trying to build Kazarian to feud with him to break up SCU and that's why Christopher Daniels has to retire? Like, do you think this is a long-term thing? Because if that's where they're going with... If that's what they're going for, I'm okay with it. I don't know, man. I really don't. But, uh, yeah, didn't, like, Matt Sadale just get his ass kicked by Cody Rhodes earlier in the show? Kenny Omega, but yeah. Okay, so he's, he came out and was like, well, you know what? I can also kick your ass. <laughs> I don't know if I can kick his ass, but because I lost to him a couple weeks ago, but like I can definitely kick his. It's such a weird. I don't know, man. Some of the booking on this show is not great. Booker not of the great. year. Booker. Booker of the year. <laughs> I I send us the book, Tony. <laughs> I also have played all of the internet simulation games of booking that you have played. I think I think I could do a better job, bud. Well, we're not allowed to. Alright, so our main event. Darby Allen, the TNT champion going against Johnny Hungy, John Silver, my boss, and I like John Silver. My boss Mason who watches casually uh, Dynamite and will text me when he's watching him, he goes, I hate this Johnny Hungy guy. <laughs> I'm like, he's not for everyone, man. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's interesting. But he it's is, good to have uh, someone the a, same height as Darby. Yeah, it's it's also the same thing as Orange Cassidy. Is like, well, I like Orange Cassidy, but I hate this guy. You know, at least they have those kind of characters where – like in some other wrestling companies, they're just the same character. Yep. Um, but John, this was a good match, man. I thought that they they did a great job. I mean, John is really fucking strong, man. That one time where he gorilla pressed, go for the top ropes, but he ended up like launching Darby underneath. Uh, I just noted they start off with wrestling, uh, as noted, Darby Allen champion wrestler in his state i don't know where he's from originally but from wherever he's from uh so he knows you know collegiate style wrestling john silver also has a wrestling background so they kept grounded but when they started getting the pace up darby's pivot 
pivots, I should say, the way he moves to get himself in a direction, it just looks aggressive, real, but it's also still kind of, you know, that that, that high, high-paced or fast-paced style that people like. And I think Darby's awesome. Um, I felt bad for the Dark Order. They're all baby-faced. They're all good. They're just there in his, their buddy's corner. Sting comes out at one point with a baseball bat threatening them. Another time, Darby does a fucking coffin drop on all of them. Like, it didn't really seem like they were trying to get involved in the match, but maybe I'm not remembering a certain part of it. But, uh, yeah, these guys put on a great match. Unfortunately, during it, Darby Allen, they were fighting outside, and Darby Allen threw John Silver over the barricade, and that, you could tell, he was, you know, his arm was kind of messed up uh, from there. He actually he, he clarified he's not going to be out for that that long. It's only going to be six weeks. But it looks like he tweaked his shoulder. Or maybe his elbow, one or the other. He messed up his arm, though. Um, and still finished the match like a hoss. So, uh, good match. I'm trying to get to the ending. Uh, Silver paid homage to Brody Lee doing the signature pose for the uh, for his uh, powerbomb finisher. However, Allen countered it and ended up securing a pinfall out of nowhere. Um, that's another thing, man. Packages. Darby Allen makes him look like actual fucking moves. Uh, after the match, all hell breaks loose. Uh, we have Sting. He goes in the ring to congratulate Allen, but is cut off by Mar- Matt Hardy and many of his clients. They all start attacking. Dark Order hits the ring, uh, and then there's just a brawl until it goes off. So I, I don't, I don't like those. A lot of times, it's not like Rob, where it used to be like every big guy and oh my god, and it keeps on amplifying. It just when when Raw, SmackDown, NXT. AW, anyone else tries this now at times, it's just kind of lazy to me. Um, but I like the match well, yeah, a lot. Like, like, I mean, the big thing is there's not Hogan, Macho Man, Sting, Lex Luger, Nash, <laughs> Tall. Or, like, or on the opposite brand, Slayer. where it would be like <laughs> Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, Stone Cold, The Rock, The Undertaker, Kane, The Big Show. Like, yeah, it just it's, it's kind of silly. But um, the match itself was really good. I will say between the two guys, I'm glad that John's not going to be out for that long, but, um, poor dark order, man. What the fuck? Why did he cough and drop on all of them? They weren't even doing anything. I mean, they were there and he likes to cough and drop, I guess. I mean, Darby Allen's a wild card. Isn't that his whole gimmick? Is he's, wild. He's, crazy. he's crazy. He's wild. Um, it's weird to do a baby face versus baby face match against these guys, I guess. Uh, maybe this was a test to see who was more over John Silver or Darby Allen. And the answer is Darby Allen is more over. Sorry. Like not that many people watch BTE dog. Calm down. Tony Khan. Trust me. When I say this, Darby Allen is way more over than Johnny Hungy. Um, but I, it kind of felt like that to me. And then, um, I don't like that, uh, Darby Allen just keeps winning with roll-ups. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. I like that he's doing it in a signature style, but it also makes you look kind of weak. Like you can only be people with roll-up pins, so that they're never actually defeated. Like he needs to start hitting the coffin drop or putting them in the, in some sort of submission, because it's like three or four matches in a row where he rolled somebody up for a pin. Yeah, I like it when he uses the. Uh... I forgot what he calls it, but that weird one that he does where he puts him in the leg lock. 
starts it as submission and then caters it into a roll up where the guy can't get out of it. But yeah, he has been he has been winning a lot of his matches lately. Now that you mention it, with just a straight roll up or a yeah, cage and, and I, I totally get like he's doing a different type of roll up, like a crucifix roll up, or like. But to the average wrestling fans, like. I just watched like six people go through tables and he won with a roll up. That sucks. To me at yeah. least. Like, you know, that's it's that's the shitty finish a heel should have. He should have some kind of move. Like even Orange Cassidy has like a gimmick. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> to finish the matches. So that's one thing I would change. I mean, cuz otherwise it's like, well, he keeps winning, but he's not really winning. He's just doing a roll up. I know they're trying to protect people, but uh, they need to, him to have a hard win for me, like where he just like does a stinger death drop or something. Yeah, he needs to incorporate something like that. I, that would actually—you've already been hanging out with Sting. Maybe incorporate his death drop as something. Maybe do your own twist on it. I don't know exactly how, but I mean, people have done that. I mean, Finn Balor, for instance, with the. Not the 1916, but the Blood Day, Blood, uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday. That's a, basically yeah. essentially a death drop with an elevation to it. Yeah, just elevated death drop. Same as, yeah, Finn, like you just said. That's all you have to do. That'd be perfect. I mean, he just needs something. Because, like, the wins he's getting now, like, even the win in that tag match, like, Sting carried him out of that, the Taz battle. You know, like, it seems like, his wins are not like he wins and then their person's like, Oh, you got me. You know what I mean? Like he needs to actually, yeah. Like he needs to actually fucking beat somebody like beat their ass or or come back and believably beat their ass. That's, I think that's what's holding him back to being a skyrocketed star. Like the thing about Jeff Hardy is like when he's down and beaten, he didn't roll someone up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like he still found his way to the top rope. And hit his goddamn finisher. Finishers are important. It's well, I mean, I guess to some people, finishers are important. To me, they're important. <laughs> he should call. He should have coffin dropped this guy. Is what I'm getting at. Well, he was too busy doing it to the rest of the Dark Order. But I thought it was a good dynamite. Some stuff that I'm bothered by, but some stuff, a lot of stuff that I really liked. So, um, kudos to them. Let's go over NXT. I'll go it a little bit faster so we can get to TakeOver and uh, go over the matches announced so far. Uh, first match was the the former, very quickly former women's tag champions, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez against Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Um, Io Shirai, our champion, who's going against Raquel Gonzalez at TakeOver. Uh, good match, man. Zoe, uh, you know, she's good. A lot of her packages and the matches I've seen her, very athletic, uh, very impressive. Um, so we had, towards the end of the match, I should say. I'm sorry, hold on one second before I get to it. So we had uh, Shirai slowly pulls herself back into the ring. Gonzalez grabs Zoe Stark for an, a big arm slam, kicks Shirai uh, off the apron to the floor, and then uh, drives Stark in the mat and gets the pin. And afterwards, Yo Shirai gets back in the ring, gets in her face. Dakota Kai tries to attack her. She takes out Dakota Kai, and her and Raquel Gonzalez go at it a little bit um, and just have, like, more of a stare down. Uh, so Shirai yells out in pain on top of the table when 
Uh, Gonzalez uh, drives her through the announce table uh, while they're fighting outside, and then Shirai is still face down on top of the table as Gonzalez stares her down. So, you know, Yo doing the intimidation thing, getting both the heels out, then continues to fight with them. It catches up with her, and she gets smashed. Uh, I really can't wait for this match. I want Raquel Gonzalez to win. I think Zoe Stark has a lot of upside. What do you think? Exact same thing that you said, bud. I just don't know how they're going to use EO afterwards. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time on it because we've done this like week after week. But, uh, man, a really good match. I, I liked pretty much everything in this match, especially the way that it ended. Um, but, yeah, man, this is good. This is a hot start to NXT. Definitely go watch it if you're listening out there. We see surveillance footage of Adam Cole attacking Kyler O'Reilly at the Gracie School on Tuesday. Uh, Sarah Schreiber stops O'Reilly backstage, and uh, he asks him about it. Roderick Strong interrupts and wants to see O'Reilly kick Cole's ass for all that he's done. O'Reilly appreciates that, but he says there is no more us, and this is between him and Cole. Strong and O'Reilly stare at each other down for a couple seconds. Strong says O'Reilly and Cole can both go to hell. Strong walks off. O'Reilly shuts the interview down and walks off. We see L.A. Knight backstage in his gear. He cuts a promo on Bronson Reed. Really good promo. Uh, We'll get back to that match in a second. Um, And then we also see uh, NXT Cruiserweight um, champion Jordan Devlin cut a backstage promo about his match with Kushida tonight, which was an awesome match. Uh, He also says that he's going to make an example out of Kushida uh, to set up for his NXT Cruiserweight match. Cruiserweight Championship match against Santos Escobar at TakeOver Stand and Deliver. I think the biggest stuff was the stuff involved with O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. So now we're completely splintered with the Undisputed Era, and Kyle O'Reilly doesn't even want anything to do with Roddy. But why? It doesn't make any sense. They're not the people that punched him in the balls. I don't know, man. it's, It's dumb. I'm sorry, like, I get breaking up a faction, but why is he like, oh, I don't know if they have my back or not. It's like, you went out and stood up for your friend, Kyle. I think Kyle would have your back on this one, since he just got, like, the the shit beat out of it. (laughs) It's fine. I mean, they're just trying to break up this group. But my problem with breaking up this group is what are you going to do with them? Same wonders I have. I really don't know. And uh, there was one other thing you talked about. Uh, just, uh, God, was it Gargano? No, there were setups. L.A. Knight setting up his match with Bronson Reed, and then uh, Devlin talking about his match with Kushida, and then inevitably his match with Escobar at TakeOver. Okay, so L.A. Knight, stop scripting him. Let him promo, bro. Like, please, that is not the same guy we saw in Impact. I, I don't know I don't know if he's trying to, like, get an acting career together or whatever. He's just reading whatever they give him, and this is the same promo week after week after week after week. And that is not, that is not what we got when he was in Impact. And I don't give props to Impact that often, but Jesus Christ, this is very bad. And the name L.A. Knight's not helping him. Uh, well, you but, know what uh, else is not helping him? Getting his ass whipped by his Ross second Reed. match on NXT. The first one he jobbed someone out. 
Second one, he goes against Bronson Reed and loses clean. Bronson Reed, I like a lot. So basically, this happened where where uh, LA Knight set him up for like what looked like a superplex. He pushed LA Knight on his ass and then splashed him one, two, three. Why? Why the? F- <laughs> Talk me off the ledge, Chris. I can't. I I have no answer for you here, bro. <laughs> Eli Drake is a great fucking wrestler and a good promo. I don't. Why would you even hire him? Why would you even pay him this money? Um, apparently he doesn't care. He's just reading whatever they give him. Because the the like I said, this is so dumb, man. Bronson Reed's great though. I I do like Bronson Reed. I just don't think they're going to be able to do anything with him once he gets to the main roster because he's not as big as someone like say a Roman Reigns or a Big E. That's that's kind of the problem they have there with the heavyweight division. Yep. All right. Well, the announcers talk about Danny Burch suffering a separated shoulder last week, which led to uh, William Regal vacating the titles. Uh, Barrett knows uh, Burch and says he's in good spirits despite the injury. Vic says Burch may be out for six months. They also announced MSK versus Legero Tel Fantasma versus the Grizzled Young Veterans to crown the new champion at TakeOver. Um, and also there was another little thing with, uh, basically Drake Maverick pissed off Walter. He was going off on the other guys. Walter came in the locker room, found him talking shit and then said that we're going to have a match later. So Walter's going to kill him and we'll get to that. But before, before we see, uh, the past tag champion, Oni Lorcan get demolished by carrying cross. How do you feel about his partner, man? That sucks for Danny Birch. I'm glad that they were able to get the belts. They did stuff with them, but now I'm if if there's going to be some good that comes out of this, the silver lining, I think MSK is going to win those tag titles at Takeover. Did they just not want to pay Pat McAfee enough money to be on the show? Why did I they, guess so. Why, why did they kill this? thing that he had going uh, th- I mean that's the biggest question so only like I love Oni Lorcan so much he's such a great wrestler and so is Danny Burch but they're they kind of just got they're gonna fall by the wayside now that he's not there um, so that entire group is just done well they're still with Pete well they were with Pete Dunn I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're just done. They're just not going to talk about it anymore, I guess. <laughs> I'm really surprised because it sounds like he was completely content to do a full-time commitment with NXT. And I heard this is a Vince thing. I don't know why Pat McAfee is not on there. Well, Vince is wrong at this point. Like, he proved himself, I guess. I mean, even as a manager, he proved himself, you know? Like... He turned me and you uh, from haters to likers, I would say. But it, this group, they're just like, they're nothing. So, like, I, I'm not surprised on the outcome of this match at all. They're just guys now. And that's what they were before. But when they were with Pete Dunne and Pat McAfee, you were like, oh, man, it's like a little group. They got they got something going. And then they just immediately killed it. Immediately killed it. Yeah, well, 
Speaking about getting killed and revolving uh, people we're talking about, like I said, Karrion Cross, Oni Lorcan. This is exactly what it was supposed to be. Lorcan basically at Damala by Cross. And then after the match, more about after when Karrion Cross won the match, um, you know, Scott joins him and their music starts up. Cross clutches his shoulder and is warned by the referee to stay away from Lorcan. Cross. Uh, Mike now and says he'd like to take a moment to address last week's actions by NXT champion Finn Balor, a reference to accidentally knocking it down. Cross says those actions, malice, intention, and Cross appreciates that because he realized he was given res- or he was giving respect to a man who doesn't appreciate it or deserve it. Despite Balor being champion, when Cross held his little neck in his hands, it felt just like anyone else because. When the fuse is lit, there's no stopping what comes next, which is cross. And we see uh, Balor come out. Balor slowly walks to the ring. Scarlet look on. Balor stops in front of Lorkin, who is down on the ramp. Balor says Cross took his best show last week, and the prince is still standing. Or best shot, I should say. I'm sorry. Balor keeps walking to ringside now. He says Cross really showed his weakness last week. Valor enters the ring with the title. He says when a man is young, with emotion, uncontrollable emotion. Some call it deep emotion. It wasn't until Balor learned to control his emotions, to be cold, that he became an untouchable in the ring. Valor says Cross still fights with emotion. Everything he does is a reaction, and in those moments, he's sloppy. He's vulnerable. Cross is seething at this point. Balor says at TakeOver, he's going to push Cross to the point where he only has two options. Surprise everyone and master his emotions, or what Balor believes will happen is a repeat of last week where Cross emotions mastered him. And when they do, Balor is going to drag him into the cold, deep water and with no emotion, Balor is going to drown him. They stare each other down the middle of the ring. Uh, the TakeOver logo flashes on the big screen as Balor's music starts up. Um, and uh, Sasha looks in the background with a smile on her face. So, I hated that last aspect of it. Does them having the logo perfectly in the background? I know that it's WWE and they got to fucking do this type of stuff, but... So that was a good promo between both guys. I liked it. That was one of Finn's better ones in a long time that actually got me into what he was saying. Weird that he said something about a demon, but I don't know if we're supposed to take that and do anything with it, but just uh, interesting. And then you just have them staring each other down and, by the way, this is our big title match in the background. So maybe that was just me. What'd you think about this, Chris? I hated it. Because Karrion Cross would only say one thing, which is TikTok. That's that's it. That's all he needs to say. He's he was already the champion. He never lost the belt. He doesn't have to address Finn Balor. He's been murdering Finn Balor for weeks and everyone that steps in his path. Like he doesn't need to talk. Like don't have him talk. But the, the, you take away from the mystique of that character if he doesn't just grab the mic and go TikTok and leave. I mean, I know you want that like screenshot so you can do the WrestleMania thing, 
But wouldn't the screenshot be like him, like being like TikTok on the mic or something? Like I, I, Balor's promo was great. Like it was fine. Like there's nothing wrong with either of the guys' promos. It's just with that character, it's just it's it's supposed to be TikTok. He's beat everyone's ass. He doesn't have to say anything to Finn Balor. Like Brock Lesnar doesn't say he lets someone else talk to him, like talk for him. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the whole point of him having a manager. <laughs> but if he's gonna grab the mic and say something, it should just be tick tock, so that Finn Balor knows the ass whipping's com- coming. You know what I mean? If Finn Balor wants to cut the demon promo afterwards, that's fine. But the only thing he should just stood there. Let Finn Balor talk and then been like TikTok and then drop the mic because he's going to get the title. <laughs> like, so they might as well have just done that. Um, so, like, I mean, as far as the promos go and in, in, in the back and forth, they were fine. I just, you know, for that character and what he is, I would just expect him to be like, nah, fuck you, TikTok. I can see what you're saying for sure. Um, all right, so next, general manager William Rigo is backstage with a pair of brass knuckles on his desk. He announces a gauntlet eliminator battle royal to determine the takeover opponent for NXT North American champion Johnny Gargano. A 12-man gauntlet eliminator battle royal will take place next week with Jake Atlas, Isaiah Swift Scott, Leon Ruff, Austin Theory, Dexter Loomis, Tyler Rust, Kushida, Cameron Grabs! Sorry. Pete Dunn, Roderick Strong, Bronson Reed, and L.A. Knight. The final six will be in the Eliminated Gauntlet, and their order of elimination will determine the Gauntlet order. The winner will challenge Gargano on TakeOver Night 2. So I'm not really sure exactly how the fuck this works, even though he explained it. Um, I know that, alright, so next week they're going to have 12 men. And they're going to have a battle royal. And then they're going to have, on the first night, I guess, six-man eliminator gauntlet. Okay. Um, that's cool. Um, you know, I like all the people in this. I, I, I don't know this, Chris. But I feel like, first of all, I feel like Pete Dunn's going to get screwed over in this. Because I still think we're doing something separate with him. So I think that he's not going to even make it into the six. But I feel like Austin Theory is going to win everything, and we're forced to have Gargano go against Theory at TakeOver. That's my prediction. What do you think? Would you really, really, really like a match between Kushida, (laughs) though? Yeah. I mean, that would be great, too. So they eliminate each other. Um, Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Austin Theory would make a lot of sense. I I still think that he is a guy that can break out and be a huge star if they use him right. Um, Man. It's going to be hard now, though. It's going to be really hard. Uh, He he might be one of those guys you you drop back to Gabe Sapolsky. (laughs) Half half in build him. Uh, Whatever that other NXT show is going to be called. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, him versus Gargano makes the most sense, right? With the the therapist stuff, and is no not a therapist, is a psychiatrist, I guess. Well, she was hired anyway, but yeah. yeah well, yeah, he paid paid her money. That's right. <laughs> is that so? Who is your pick to win this match? That's the real question. 
Oh, like I said, I think Austin Theory is going to take it all. He's going to win the Battle Royal along with the five other people. And then, you know, he's going to win the gauntlet. And then he's going to go against Johnny and probably beat him too, I would say. Yeah, I'm on the same. I'm, I think I'm on the same boat as this. I, I just hate this. Like, why not do what Impact does, where it's like the last four people, it's a it's a fatal four or fatal three way or something. Like, I don't. Well, is, I like the aspect of them doing a gauntlet match for the concept that the last six people that will be the order that they are in the actual elimination gauntlet match on the first night of Takeover. So. The last person has the best advantage of winning the battle royal, but being the last six is the last six. They're all going to be involved. Yeah, but it's a gauntlet match, so WWE is going to heavily advance whoever's the first person. All right, what? I mean, I don't care. It's going to be Austin Theory, probably. I agree with you. I just I don't necessarily like the format, especially if you're tying it into NXT, which is something that I actually like. Yeah, it is confusing. All right, so our next match, Walter versus Drake Maverick. Walter goes in, fucking murders Drake Maverick, chops him <laughs> once. Soul of fucking Drake Maverick exits his body and puts him in a single leg crab uh, for a squash win. I don't even think he was conscious when he did the single leg crab. That's what I loved about it. <laughs> the best part is, like, someone told Drake Maverick, they're like, you're going to get hit with one chop. In a leg crab, and he was like, "All right, let's get it." And he sold that shit so hard. He acted like he died. <laughs> Man, remember when they brought him back because he was like really sad. He didn't get to have these matches against different superstars, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna re-sign you." Do you think he regrets that now? I kind of would. <laughs> Poor guy. I, I every time I think about that, I'm like. The, you got fired and they rehired you because you cut a good promo. Like, you could be cutting good promos in other places. Oh, man. Greener pastures, for sure. Yeah, it feels bad. But, it, I mean, but Valter, I would expect to smack down anyone. Like, oh, Velveteen Dream shows up, slapped. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Single leg crap. Uh, so, at least they did it with someone that makes sense, I guess. I, you know. I had nothing against this. I thought it was pretty good. You guess that up Falter versus the world. If he doesn't show up at the next Royal Rumble and just wreck wholesale ass, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. Well, the next part, I think, was like the bigger thing. So Maverick is out as Imperium poses the music interrupts, and out comes Tommaso Ciampa to the stage. Imperium uh, watches as Champa comes to the ring wearing Timothy Thatcher's T-shirt. Champa enters the ring and stares Walter down. As a few weeks ago, he said Walter intrigued me. Uh, he misspoke and meant the NXT UK title intrigued him. Uh, Champa says, "Let's cut to the chase." Walter and everyone else knows what he wants. Champa challenges Walter to a title match takeover. Walter shakes his head no and. Everyone starts booing around the ring. Champa hits Walter as Imperium attacks him. Fans boo as Champa gets double teamed. They hold Champa as Walter yells in his face and snatches his necklace off. Some dog uh, or dog tags that he always has. They uh, hold Champa as Walter yells in his face some more. 
and then Champa starts seething, trying to attack him with even his feet. Walter, with a huge chop to the chest, put Champa back down. Um, Walter knees down and puts the NXT UK title in his face. Uh, Walter says he will see Champa at Takeover and then leave. So I guess this is going to be for the UK title. Champa, Walter. Walter is going to win in my head, but this is going to be one hell of a match. Yeah, it should be a great match, man. That's going to be fucking amazing. Is there any person that is like a monster type guy like Walter today in any any of the federations? Name one. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of anyone that is even near like the fear of Walter. Um, and you were on this like two years ago. You were like, man, it's Walter guy. <laughs> It's it's kind of crazy, man. It's he's a uh, yeah. I mean, you can't have Champa beat him. Champa's just there for NXT. He's not going to move along. But maybe uh, Vulture moves along. Do you think they would do it right if they moved him to the main roster? Well, Walter's whole thing is he doesn't want to be tied down in a permanent fixture over in the states. He'll come over and do these things, but he wants to be able to go back. So how much legs can you get out of that? The, the amount of Brock Lesnar legs that you need to get out of. <laughs> if he only has to come over oh, four, man. four or five times a year, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess it depends on what you think his superstar is, but Valter is like, god damn, he has good matches with everyone in, in that show. I want to see him so and KO. Oh, him and Kevin? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that that, that would definitely be a uh, that would definitely be a fight Owens fight chant right there, <laughs> or kill Steen kill chant depending on the time period. But uh, I, I think Steen was already he was already past Ring of Honor when Valter got started. I think. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, so man, that would be great. Or him and Sami Zayn, you. Could you imagine Sami Zayn taking one of those chops? Oh my god, he'd be like oh, six backflips. <laughs> He's like, hit me as hard as possible. I'm going to regret this later. <laughs> he flies out of the ring. You come over here, let me chop you in the, <laughs> in the chest. Yeah. Um, he should be there. He should be the actual NXT champion. I get why he's not. Because he wants to be at home and stay with his family and stuff. But if he's going to be that guy, then bring him in for like four pay-per-views the same way you do, you know, Brock. Like, why can't he's like, this guy has been undefeated for this many days. He's a badass. And he just shows up and he just whips the shit out of Roman Reigns or something. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I feel like fans are behind Valter, even though he's supposed to be <laughs> a heel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they just want to hear that big chest slap. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. He's just but, hes on a different level, man. He's got such a... And not only that, he's hes one of the best workers today. He really is. Like, it doesn't matter if it's psychology or... And he doesn't even do anything that crazy. That's why... You don't have Okada to. Because they, they do fucking pile drivers as their finishers or clotheslines or fucking drop kicks. That's what they stick to. 
you don't you don't have to do that much crazy to have a good match. <laughs> I mean, it has to be effective. It has to get your attention, but you don't have to do like seventy eight goddamn front flips to make it a good match. I like stuff like that, but you don't have to. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, God, I, I, he. Is he that? He's got to be that good, right? Walter, yeah. like him versus AJ Styles. Could you imagine the sell oh, that AJ yeah. Styles would do for one of those chops? Like, I, I don't know, man. He's, I he's think there's a possibility list. afterwards. He'd be like, I don't want to take no chops no more from me. <laughs> yeah, he's still hurt. Steve Austin. <laughs> Steve Austin's like, I ain't taking no chops, Rick. <laughs> I ain't taking no damn chops from that motherfucker. No. Dude, they just hey, well, they sound like if you thought that Kenny's chops were loud, my lord, Walter just fucking makes the soul leave the body when he yeah, hits him. Every time he hits he hits him and then he grabs the soul back and puts it back in the body and then gives him another one. He's he's just soul back, you stupid fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's a he is a monster. That's one person that's one wrestler you definitely turned me on to that he is a fucking monster and he's so great in the ring and I hope he comes to the main roster because there's no reason why you can't do that. Why you can't use him for special situations the same way you use Brock. Because he's undefeated. He hasn't lost anyone in the UK. I mean, if you had him come in and be like, you know, as the UK champion, like, I want to I wanna make a round and, and do a couple months and take out guys on this thing and prove this title... And then you start giving him some good guys to go against, like, you know, maybe one of the first matches, Sheamus. He's from fucking Ireland. He wants to have a brawl with Walter. And Walter goes through him, and then you throw some other guys. And then you build it up for maybe him versus the whoever champion or him versus Brock Lesnar. Not for a title, but just for a match. And then he goes back to the UK when he's done. I mean, yeah, I do it. I don't understand. Like, I, I think that... The thing about all these wrestling podcasts is everyone why loves Walter. <laughs> you feel like WWE would listen to all the podcasts and be like, "Yeah, they really love Walter. No. We should put him on WrestleMania." <laughs> like, no, I think his one of his idols. I think it would be a similar situation. I don't think Vince would get it, and he would Vader him. He would. That's that's exactly the best way I could see it. I I, I think that he would. He would do to him like he did to Vader back in the 90s, not understanding how big he was in WCW and all Japan beforehand. Well, I mean, he loved Keith Lee and then didn't love Keith Lee, so I guess you're right. Because, I mean, that's the match, is Keith Lee versus Valter at WrestleMania. That'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I don't know, man. God, this was a good NXT show. I liked it more than AEW. Yeah, it was a good show. Let's um let's go over some stuff to get caught up. Uh, we got a pre-recorded promo of Pete Dunne. Talked about how he's going to dominate the Battle Royal next week. I somehow feel like something's going to happen where he gets eliminated. It pisses him, and then he's going to still want a match, and then him versus whoever, you know, both, uh, both that were rumored. One was Daniel Bryan. That's obviously not happening. The other, Aleister Black. I don't think that's happening either, but... Pete Dunne needs a one-on-one singles badass match. And if you got another guy from across the pond, I think you suggested this. Why not Tyler Bate? Let them go at it again. Maybe he causes them the fucking match. I don't know. You can figure it out. Uh, you get two nights to take over. But I yeah. can totally see him not being a 
that six way on the first night and have his own match. Yeah, they're trying to do five matches a night, right? That's what TakeOver normally is, like 15, 20 minutes. That's one thing I like about TakeOver is it's very scheduled, and they give everybody time to work. Um, I hope they don't rush it at Wrestle, WrestleMania. They might, though. And that makes me sad. Yeah. I hope not. Um, but I would really love Aleister Black versus Pete Dunne. That would be an excellent match if they're able to pull that off. Yeah, if you're to release Andrade, why would you not release Aleister Black? If not, like, have him show up in the coffin with his original music assholes. Pay Orange Theory or whatever. I'm sure they're selling mass records right now. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick, but, like... They're known for Aleister Black's theme song. So <laughs> pay them, get the original rights to that song, have him show up to the Battle Royal and just whip ass. You're not wrong. Yeah, so how amazing would it be if Aleister Black just showed up in the coffin at this NXT show and Valter had just won or something and he just attacks the hell out of him and just beats his ass. And then Valter's like, oh man, I've met my match. And then you set up a feud in the future. What are they doing to Aleister Black, Dane? What are they doing? Nothing. So before you get to Walter, yeah, let's get the Pete done first. He should be doing something, I feel like. But um, let's move on. Sorry, I'm finishing a piece of beef jerky. Um, yeah, Pete Dunne came out. He was talking about he's going to win the Battle Royal. I don't see that working in his favor. We kind of already talked about that. Maybe it's Aleister Black. Maybe it's not. Um, and then Robert Stone paid Mercedes Martinez some money to go in a match that came up next with Aaliyah, in which they lost to Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, and uh, Mercedes had nothing to do with the loss, and she demanded uh, the money that she had be doubled afterwards. Cameron Grimes approaches Roderick Strong in the locker room. He thinks it's a shame uh, what happened. He wants to <laughs> purchase... The Undisputed Era's IP, and take it to the moon. Grimes has all sorts of ideas. Strong's uh, never speaks, just drops Grimes with a big right hand. Grimes throws a fit as Strong walks out, so we'll probably have a match between them. Probably, I'm assuming, not on TakeOver, but next week on NXT. And then Indy Hartwell and, and Cancel Ray confronted Amber Moon, Saucy Blackheart, and looks like this is going to be our women's tag team title match. That takeover stand and deliver. Uh, anything to say before we get into the last match of the night between Kushida and Jordan Devlin? Straight to the moon, man. Straight to the moon. To the moon! All right, other than that, all right, so we had an awesome match with Jordan Devlin and Kushida. And when we get to the end of it, you know, uh, I think the whole thing was uh, Escobar was looking to distract Devlin because De- he came out. Devlin was staring at him. turns back around and runs into uh, uh, runs into the ring, ducking both Wild and Mendoza. 
Delvin runs in, and Kushida inadvertently knocks Wild and Mendoza off the apron. This leads to Devlin taking advantage and rolling Kushida for a pin. And the 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 worst mat or the worst move in wrestling, the roll up, wins the match. After Kushida leaps out of the ring and uploads on Wild and Mendoza, beating them around the stage area. As Devlin sits up in the ring, Escobar enters the ring. Devlin gets up and meets him in the middle of the ring. They have words as fans cheer, and it's interrupted by Shawn Michaels, who comes out, grabs the ladder, pushed in the middle, and that's what we're going to be getting. It's going to be a unification title match for the Cruiserweight title between two guys and a ladder match. And uh, I liked how he went backstage, or Shawn Michaels, I should say, and we see Adam Cole and him, like, just kind of like, you know, uh, observe each other and Kyle O'Reilly making their way to the ring. Um, Cole stops and trades a look with Sean and he keeps on walking as he walks to the ring for the contract signing. So before we get to the contract signing, what'd you think about the match? I'm sure you weren't happy that Kushida got distracted and then rolled up. I wasn't. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking bullshit. Kushida gets distracted, rolled up, and now he's in the cruiserweight division. What the hell happened? He just went on a big winning streak. It looked like he was going against Ciampa. It looked like he was going to have a title run, like maybe in the top tight. I, Dane, you're going to have to hold me back on this one. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> there is a chance I will say that he could... If, if anyone's going to win the North American title, and I think he will be in that big six column match, I could see Kushida doing it. So, hopefully there's that. North American title? What do we... T- he was undefeated for like four months. He should be in the heavyweight p- picture. He should be there with Karrion Cross and, and Finn fucking Balor. He's in the North American title picture. Like, I give a shit about that. Dude. Bro, they're treating my guy. They're treating my guy all wrong. Look what they did to my boy. Well, damn. He did just lose the devil, though. So. Yeah. What, what kind of booking is that? Let's book him super strong and then have him lose to this cruiserweight that people have seen, like, twice, who lost to, like, Santo Escobar 17 times. The hell... <laughs> He beat Tommaso Ciampa, dude. <laughs> like, clean. He beat Thatcher, clean. That That's where you're going? Devlin beat him? Okay, cool. I guess he's a cruiserweight now. Well, um, afterwards, here's a question. So, uh, I guess, well, we're going to go over the pay-per-view anyways. Let's just go to the ending. I mean, O'Reilly, Cole... Going back and forth, you know, their dad, William Regal's not happy. Um, O'Reilly will be medically cleared by then. Cole says O'Reilly helped him realize they were holding him back. He sat back and watched O'Reilly challenge NXT cha- uh, champion Finn Balor twice and fail twice. And then he tried to become friends with Balor and have him join the Undisputed Era. Cole asks if O'Reilly lost his mind. He says it makes sense. Because deep down, O'Reilly is nothing but a lapdog, a sidekick, someone comfortable being on the sidelines, and that is not what Cole is. Cole is the greatest NXT champion uh, in history, 
and he will never be on the sidelines because he is nothing like O'Reilly. Cole goes out, goes on about O'Reilly losing sight of what was his. The Undisputed Era was never about friendship and brotherhood. It was about being the best. Cole says O'Reilly should honestly be thanking Cole because he would not have made it into WWE without him. He goes on taking credit for everything. He says O'Reilly is nothing without him. Cole cannot wait to face O'Reilly because he and the entire world already know uh, who wins. Only O'Reilly doesn't uh, know himself. Cole finishes signing the contract. Regal slides to O'Reilly. O'Reilly has known Cole for a long time, or thought he did. He recalls how the Undisputed Era dominated like four hungry pit bulls. O'Reilly says he grew up and started taking some accountability for his actions. O'Reilly goes on and says he is the only one who can become a better person, a better human being from this experience. He says Cole is the same asshole he was when he walked in NXT three and a half years ago. O'Reilly uh, thought maybe he and Cole could be cool again one day, maybe go out for a beer. He won't put Cole down for good. He sold his soul to the Undisputed Era, and he wants it back. He says Cole is an insecure prick who uses his friends, and that is so, so cold, and somehow O'Reilly is not surprised at all. O'Reilly says... Not one single person is going to be surprised after he beats Cole in the into a pulp, and in the first time in near four years, O'Reilly will sleep like a baby. O'Reilly signs a contract. Cole stands, taunts him, telling him to sign his death warrant. O'Reilly launches the contract at him. Cole lunges at him, and O'Reilly goes down, but security holds him back. Cole and O'Reilly continue to yell at each other. Uh, security try to break them up. Uh, Vic hypes takeover match for no rules, no liability, unsanctioned match, and fans chant NXT as it goes off air. This should be a really good match too. I want Adam Cole to beat and destroy Kyle O'Reilly in the end of it. And I don't know what's gonna happen to Adam Cole from here. Maybe he'll lose to Kyle O'Reilly, and then I don't know. I I want him to beat Kyle O'Reilly. I don't have as much interest in Kyle as I do Adam Chris. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong, bro. What What do you mean? Like, he's such a dirtbag. How do you not want the baby face to win? Because I don't care about Kyle O'Reilly at all. Oh man, come on. Kyle's had a good. He's a good worker. Him. He's a good worker. His promos or whatever, they're fine. They're good. Adam Cole if- is. Someone that legitimately, if done correctly, could do some stuff outside of NXT. Well, yeah, but he would need to lose here for him to do anything. He's held the title for like 700 days or something. He's basically Okada level. As far as the NXT title, what's he going to do? Like beat him and then challenge Balor? Or... Do you know what I mean? Like, What are they going to do with him? At least Kyle O'Reilly, they're trying to gear him up as a babyface like Johnny Gargano. You know, like to go against the crew. I, I don't like everyone turning on each other in this group. That would be my big thing. Um, also, Adam Cole, why do they tell him to say the person's name like 175 times? Or is that just something he says? Like he says Kyle. 
have you ever seen any of those videos where it's like you have to look at the woman directly in the eyes and, and say her name? It's like, are you having a good meal, Jessica? Jessica, is everything fine? Jessica, did I pull the chair out for you comfortably, Jessica? Jessica, would you like me to uh, order your food, Jessica? It's <laughs> why? Why are they doing that to him? I mean, it's probably uh, it's. I'm assuming that's something that he's told to do, but it doesn't. I don't really notice it as much as you. I really don't. I, I think it's because they think no one in the Undisputed Era, like, no one knows the Undisputed Era, so they have, like, Adam Cole really drive home who he's talking to. Because, like, if you look like if you look at the Undisputed Era, they're just kind of guys in comparison to Adam Cole, and I don't mean, they're, they're all great wrestlers and stuff. Yeah. But do you think that's something that's coming from above? Because if you really go back and listen to these promos, he, he really has to drive home the specific name of who he's talking about every time. So no one and, forgets that it's Kyle O'Reilly that he's going to beat a takeover. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's like, but he's looking directly at him. He only has to say it once. Drives me insane, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But he's not going to beat him a takeover because I'm assuming Adam Cole is going to the main roster. The thing is, though, most wrestlers, I think, can get over that really easily. But with everything that's kind of against Adam Cole with the whole going to the main roster concept because of Vince McMahon being fucking Vince McMahon, do you think a loss to Kyle O'Reilly is going to be a good thing to pivot from? <laughs> that's a good. That's a very good question that I don't have an answer for. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's... Like, that's I, I don't have an answer for that. Like I, I literally don't have an answer for that. How Vince is going to see that is like, because he's going to want to book him strong or whatever. It's like, but if he beats Kyle O'Reilly, then who is Kyle O'Reilly? They built him up as this big baby face that's supposed to win this match, right? Yeah. So like, if you have, if you just have Adam Cole win this match. What what does that mean for that group? And then uh, like I don't know. I feel like he has to lose and get lose and get sent off at least for a while. Maybe not even to a main product, but he has to go away for a little bit. Well, let's get to um, the matches so far for Takeover. I'm just going to list all of them at once. Yoshirai, Raquel Gonzalez, it's all night one. Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez uh, with Dakota Kai in her corner for the NXT Women's Championship. Maybe Dakota Kai fucks up and screws over Raquel Gonzalez. I just think the Io Shirai thing, we're, we're, we're past it. We need to get a new person. Raquel Gonzalez seems like that. Uh, MSK against Grizzle Young Vets against Leguero del Fantasma. Hope MSK wins that. Uh, we have the six-man eliminator match. We don't know who those people are. But the winner on night two goes against Johnny Gargano. Ciampa versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship. Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole against Kyle O'Reilly, unsanctioned match. Johnny Gargano versus the winner, like I said, of that match. And Devlin and Escobar to for, in a uh, ladder match to determine the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Any comments on any of those matches, Chris? What do you think? What are you thinking, huh? Shay? <laughs> oh, man, you sped through those so fast. Um, mm. 
Devlin is cruiserweight champion, I guess. I think he retains. Right? That was one of them. Am I crazy? Let me send you the list real quick. Yeah, because I don't have it in front of me, so... There you go. All right. Just go down it and tell me who you think's going to win each match. Yeah, filler. Filler. Fill it out. Uh, let's see. Io Shirai, uh, Raquel. I feel like she's going to win it. It... it. I keep predicting EO to lose, and I keep losing this bet. If I was betting money on this, I'd be broke as fuck by now. Um, MSK versus Legato Del Fantasma. Triple threat. How is it a triple threat tag team match for the NXT Tag Team Championships? Dane, explain this to me. Hold on. Wait, what? The match that I have here on Wikipedia is MSK, Wesley, Nash, Carter versus the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. I see. It's three. Okay. I was like, what the hell? Uh, let's see. MSK. They're really pushing them hard. Uh, the six-man gauntlet match, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, maybe you've all seen Dream. Well, it's from that group of people, but just keep on going. Velveteen oh, Dream's not included in the 12 people that are going to be in the Battle Royal next week, basically. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to throw together 12 people. Sorry. Uh... Oh, Valter versus Tommaso Ciampa. We already talked about it. I think Valter retains. I don't see him losing to Ciampa, especially for the UK title. They'll bring that back. Those are the only ones I have. Oh, night two. Uh, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. We haven't went over that yet. What do you think on that one? That's the that's the big one. Karrion Cross. And I hope that Finn Balor comes out as a demon and he beats him as the demon. And Karrion Cross wins. That would be I don't great. know what you do with Finn. Yeah, I, I don't know what you do after that. Maybe... Maybe uh, Karrion Cross beats Finn Balor's ass so bad that there's like a six-month period, and then he comes back as a demon and wins the title back. Something like that. Uh, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. I'm Kyle O'Reilly for me. Uh, Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> Johnny Gargano versus the winner of the Gauntlet Eliminator match from night one. And we did talk about this earlier, and, and we both said Austin Theory, right? Yep. That's what I think, at yeah. least. And then the 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 headliner, or at least is what listed as the headliner, is Jordan Devlin uh, San, versus Santo Escobar versus Raul Mendoza. It's out of order. It's not a headliner. Yeah. Um, Letter match determine the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. You Jordan said Devlin. Devlin. Yeah, Devlin. I think yeah. that makes the most sense because then Devlin can take that back to the UK and that can be their secondary title. It seems like that's what they were trying to do before the pandemic happened. And then Escobar can be someone in another division doing some cool shit. 
It's so crazy to me that we have two NXTs in a row and also two Hall of Fames and also two days of WrestleMania. And also AEW will happen that week. <laughs> Everything's going to happen, man. I'm sure everyone's going to put big shows on to make it a wrestling week, you know, to remember, if you will. Yeah, it's 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 going to be insane, but uh, yeah, the, those are my picks, I guess. I, I'm sorry that I missed the uh, checklist on that one. Sorry about that. All right, so guys, that was our show. Big, big fucking show. Lots of stuff going on, and we're going to be having some big shows leading up to WrestleMania coming up soon. So uh, just stick with us. We'll let you know on the next episode what our schedule is going to be like. And, uh, yeah, man, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, Christopher Ray Patton. Say goodbye to all the lovely people out there. Goodbye, all the lovely people out there. Uh, if you want to hear about hockey, check out Skate's Throats. Uh, if you want to talk to me on Twitter, hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. Uh, you want to talk about wrestling? You want to talk about uh, football? Any? hockey any kind of sports i'm i'm there for you bud but i uh, hope everyone's being safe out there and uh dan i'm sending it back to you all right thank you sir well if you want to find me on twitter danels 42 go to geekvibesnation.com geekvibesnation.com find news articles from all of our various writers um about geek subjects we're also listed at geekvibesnation on twitter instagram and facebook you can find our podcast wrestling geeks alliance Searching Google, and you can find various audio platforms. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Red Circle Media, pretty much all of your major downloadable platforms. So listen to us every single week. We appreciate you guys checking us out. Um, there will be a new episode of Dane Rants up next week, going a little bit more into detail about Justice League uh, from Zack Snyder, his version, and talking about some other stuff. So look forward to that. Thank you guys, everyone out there, for listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Have a wonderful week, and let the geek fives be with you. And as always, peace out.